Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Never know you need a bunker in the bottle, Jack Daniels. Yep. Saving it for some MREs. <clears throat> okay. Let's get started here then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. Got George. Hello. <laughs> and we have a special guest, Shannon Turner from Only Fine Hellies. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. Hey. This is episode 213, The Last of the Hobby Shops. What? I who, don't know. Who called that? This What? What? You know, I was thinking of a title for this, and I was like, hmm, the last of the Mohicans. Hmm, the last of the hobby shops. Because, come on, let's come let's come to fact. Most hobby shops these days are closing down their doors, so. I mean, you know, it's not as good as they call me clamps. <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah, that was a gem. <laughs> oh, and Ray did not like that title at all last week. <laughs> yeah. He was like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> he did not like it, but hey. I'm just surprised because Shannon has a hobby shop and the title of the episode is Last of the Hobby Shop. Yes, he's the last one standing. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, there's a couple of us left. No, there are a couple. Yes. The last one in Clarksville. Yes, there you go. Okay, so first let's catch up with everyone's week. Uh, Who'd like to go first? I'll go first. All right. Because I was out for two weeks. I'm really sorry about missing last episode. Work was going way too much. For me, uh, mm. it was just I was working nonstop, literally like I was on call and just yeah, did you rack in like 90 hours that week? The one that blew my gasket was on Monday night. <laughs> I lay down in bed like 1030. Probably I'm sleeping at 11 and I get a call at 1130 to go to Newark. And I'm like, you got to be kidding Ugh. me. The gate won't close. So I go down there. I'll make the story real quick. So I drive down there really bad section of Newark and drive around the whole place it's all it's a big concrete bunker it's got these big zombie gates and everything and they're all closed so i'm like all right so i call up the people that called me and i'm like uh what's the story here oh there's a guy working so now for me personally i gotta find out who is working at midnight on a monday that got my ass out of bed so i go in and i walk around and i walk around and i can't find anybody and the guy's van's outside and finally he comes walking out from another area and i'm like dude what are you doing here and I'm nobody. Like, I'm not even union. These guys are union. And here I come walking in. And I'm just like that. What are you doing here? <laughs> and he's like, I'm working. And I go, well, what are you working on? He's like, I'm working. And I go, what exactly are you working on here? And he goes, I'm working. <laughs> I go, okay. And I was like, what, the, what happened to the gate? He was like, I came in, didn't close. I wiped the thing off the, the little sensor, the I-beam, because it was raining like crazy. And it closed. I'm like, goodbye. I'm going home, going to bed four hours got it to close why did he call you i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know why they didn't weren't watching on the camera but thank god because i would have got halfway there and it would have canceled it and then i would be even more pissed off i mean i woke up and i was yelling and (laughs) and cursing and my wife didn't even wake up she didn't move and i was like okay good at least she didn't move (laughs) didn't wake up but it was just (laughs) by by tuesday i was so shot man i was like i'm just gonna chill yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy couple of weeks. But anyways, uh, in the meantime, I was did some flying on Sunday. 
Mm -hmm. went, went to the field with the fellas, man. It was a really nice day in the middle of February. 50 degrees is insane. It was just winter's insane. It was great, man. It was it was a little cold in the morning, but man, it warmed up. Mm -hmm. And I brought three planes and a heli. I brought the nice. I brought the Oxy Five. I brought the Shrike in the case and uh, my Rare Bear and my Eagle plane that I put together. Mm -hmm. the, the Rare Bear and the Eagle plane that I got from a Swap Meet, uh, Adam's yeah. Swap Meet. And let me tell you, first of all, that Shrike case is a little overkill. A little, right, Steve? You barely fit it in your jeep. <laughs> I could throw this out of a small Korean car and there would nothing would happen to it. It would it would be fine. Um, but yeah, dude, I put that Probably shrike, run over it. I put, I put the yeah, shrike yeah. together and uh man, I flew that a couple flights. That's such a great plane to fly. Yeah. Flew the Oxy five, man. Oxy five was flying good. There's there's like no wind. It must have been the crazy winds a couple weeks ago that was freaking me out towards the middle yeah. of the day. Then I got these two planes, right? I got one that's supposed to be slow, the little Eagle plane, and one that's like super fast, the Rare Bear. And everybody's saying how hard the Rare Bear is to fly. And I'm thinking, well, all right, the Eagle's going to be easy to fly, and the Rare Bear is going to be a handful. <laughs> it was completely the opposite. Yep. We had nothing but trouble trying to launch that little Eagle plane. I had it on 2S and a little quad motor up front, and it just kept rolling over and nosing into the ground. You weren't letting Bill throw it, were you? Well, well, what was the first throw, though? No, 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 no. Let's, let's talk about the first time you tried to throw it up, which I wish I recorded, but. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mike D was there, and he's like, uh, you want me to throw it for you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, <laughs> it was, I don't know if it was, it wasn't really that windy. It was a little yeah, bit, was, little bit in the a, morning. There was a little bit of wind from coming from the, the west side of the field, yeah. So Mike, Mike D tosses it up. I give it like half throttle. It spins 180 and flies right back into Mike D. Like, <laughs> like right into his shoulder, busted the prop yeah, and everything. Yeah, right to his shoulder. It, it, it's almost like those those chuck planes that you see people chuck yeah. and then it like, comes looping around it. So it's kind of like that, but it went straight out and it came right back at him like a boomerang. Yeah. Oh, that's it was, awesome. It was classic. Steve was like, damn yeah. it, I should have been recording it. Oh, so then I borrowed a, uh, a prop from one of the quad guys later on in the day and tried it again and it glide we threw, we did like a glide test with it and it glide glided perfect. fine yeah and then but man any little bit of power and it just would roll right over it was really weird and we i tried it full throttle half throttle you know no throttle or a quarter throttle it just nothing worked do you have enough um thrust in it right thrust i don't think so i think you need more Right thrust? It was kind of rolling to the right. Or left thrust, whichever way. Yeah, I maybe forget. I should put some you know what I mean. Yeah. I think it's rolling to the left. I think you do need right thrust. It's usually right down. Yeah, well, I think it, it's right down. I think it's going to go right down into the garbage. You can add a couple of washes to the motor mount and just move that motor a little bit slight to the right and down. You should be able to do it pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a try. I mean, before it's, you chuck it's, in it's glued garbage. in there, too. I could probably rip it out. and. Oh, you glue glued the motor in? Well, no, the, the firewall. Oh, but I'm saying the motor. You can just unbolt the motor, right, put the spacers right. in, yeah. and then and put, put washers the behind the motor bolts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just need a couple degrees of angle. That's all. It's not usually much. So then I came to the Rare Bear, uh, that on 4S, uh, and one of our club members, Tony, threw it for me, 
and kind of threw it at a 45 and that kind of nosed over and went in. I he broke threw it like top. a rocket straight up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that thing needs some air flowing over it. It's amazing how the fuselage is like six inches around and there's only an eight inch prop on it. It's really mm-hmm. funny looking. Yeah, it's very weird. Rob McClellan showed up with Devin mm-hmm. and uh, I got a Muse was there. A lot of people were there. I haven't seen in a while. And Muse had an 8x8 prop, which is what this thing takes. Muse had one of these planes, and he was like, yeah, I got some props left over. So he gave me one and uh, put it on there, and, and Rob was like, I'll throw it, dude. We'll get that thing up in the air. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's, there's, there's the first – there was the other time that you threw it. And remember? Well, I, Tony threw, threw it up, and then who threw it the second time? I don't remember who threw it the second time. Is that Tony again, or was that you? No, Eric B. threw Eric Smith Milk. He threw it first. But do you remember when he threw it, what happened? Was it him or, or was he second? But remember when he threw it? Oh, the very first time. Yeah. yeah. The motor was spinning the wrong way. Yeah. So he bought this <laughs> plane from this guy at the swap meet. And it was like, the guy was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't fly right. And then when we chuck it up the first time and the motor spinning backwards, pushing the plane backwards <laughs> we're like i wonder why it did fly right <laughs> no wonder yeah and it was weird because like i i took uh i took the everything off so i could flip a couple of wires around and everything's yeah. color-coded and everything's you know color for color but the motor's yeah. spinning backwards yeah. <laughs> yeah i was like that's weird uh, i don't know if he had a reverse in the receiver or something but yeah that thing was backwards yeah but dude once that thing got in the air man thanks for mm-hmm. rob throwing that thing it was so much fun like i haven't had this much fun with an airplane in a long time like that thing moves i was like holy cow this thing easily over 100 miles an hour i think yeah easily yeah that thing was so fast and unlimited like vertical and it was just so much fun no as3x no nothing i just threw a receiver that i had in it man and that thing moved out i had to trim it very little too man the throws aren't much we were all like wondering about the throws there's nothing to the elevator mm-hmm. but man ever, did that thing move have you ever tried it on 6s no not yet that was the maiden flight get you about a 3200 6s it'll really wake it up yeah <laughs> probably probably about 130 it's got a 70 amp psc in it i was i was surprised that it was that high but that that plane was a lot of fun. I mean, you know these planes are fun when you get done flying one and like you're you're home later that day and you're looking for another one. Like they just continue that. But I'm here. I am looking. You know, who's anybody got a used one? You know, <laughs> buy another one of those friggin' things. That thing was a lot of fun. A lot of fun with that plane, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and the Oxy Five was flying good, man. I'm. Uh, I had some fun. It was a good turnout at the field. It was a lot of a lot of guys there that. Uh, you know, some of the guys I've seen, you know, over the over the winter, but a lot of guys came out because it was a nice day, and mm-hmm. it was a good day, dude. I really had I really had a good time. Yep. Printing out more parts for the R two project, uh, just in the shoulder area. A lot of stuff has got more infill to it, so it's taken more time to print each part. So things are kind of slowing down, but uh, the engineering this guy did on this model, man. It's, it just it blows me away every time I put something more onto this thing. It's crazy, man. Yeah, man. Can't wait. Really cool. Can't wait to see that thing. So that's what I've been up to. What do you guys? Who wants to go next, man? Um, I could go next since I'll just continue off your Sunday. I flew on Sunday. Um, met up with Kevin and Mike for breakfast first, and then we went off to uh, the field. And I only brought two helicopters this time. Um, 
brought the electric out actually the black thunder 700 um had a good time flying it at the the chill out for the tandem flight so i was like ah, let me bring this thing out since i got some wrenching due on some other helis anyways so i brought that out and i brought the kraken nitro um got a couple flights on both helis they all look great um I need to tune the Kraken Nitro. I feel like the motor's not tuned very well because I feel like, I mean, or it could just be my really terrible collective management, but I feel <laughs> like um, it's very easy to bog. Like, I'm, I don't even have to dip into the stick too much and I, I can get it to bog. So, you know, I want to take a look at it. I've never really tuned it anyways. Like, I kind of broke it in and went a couple clicks and just was like, yeah, it seems to be pulling okay. Let's Is be safe and not do what? it. It's an OS. It's a 105. With a power boost on it? Uh, with uh, Bodos's pipe, the uh, Pro Tune. Gotcha. So I definitely need to tune a little bit more of it, and uh, so I'll I'll get that going probably next weekend. But uh, I met up with a listener, Sam. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he came out. Uh, he came out for a little bit, and he need, we need some help with his Goblin uh, Black Thunder. So sure, you know, definitely open to helping people. This was the first time I've ever messed with. <laughs> Not just Icon, obviously Icon I've messed with, but with an FR Sky Horus X10 running the Icon and running OpenTX. So it's definitely unique when you when it comes to the menu structures, looking into like how do you set the gains and how do you set your you know your tail gains and all this stuff. Um, it was very odd. It was it was very weird, but uh, we kind of got it figured out. And then um, there's a couple things that I was looking over to Heli. I was like, oh, we should, you know, let's get this fixed. Let's get that thing going. But we did test hover it and flew it around a little bit, and it did fly. And so the mating was successful. But there are a couple of things with the gyro gains and head speed I wanted him to just kind of go over and, and double check everything to make sure they're good. Uh, but, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was nice FR to meet him. FR Sky was cool. Yeah, nice, nice to meet guy. Sam. Very nice guy. Uh, real pilot, too. He, he It's funny because he was like, I learned to fly helicopters first, then I learned to fly RC. <laughs> and then I learned to fly RC planes, I mean, real planes, and then I went to go fly RC planes. So it's, it's interesting how he uh, did it the other way. But um, yeah, good, great guy. You know, a good couple of... Uh, there's some other folks that I met too new. Um, there's another guy, new member. I think he just went to his like first month thing. Uh, his name was Kevin. Yeah, he he busted out like every single miniature aircraft. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ooh, there's a Furion, there's this, there's a Furio, whatever it's called, and just all these different ones. You know, he had a he had a Whiplash, he had a Nitro, he had a, the original Electrics and stuff, the XL stuff. <clears throat> um, so it was really interesting. And I was talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, this copy shop was closing down," um, and he like bought them all out. Like he spent like thousands of dollars buying every single miniature aircraft part he could get. He says he has like two kits sitting at home, you know, like unopened because he really likes the brand. But, you know, at the time where they went away for a little bit, you know, got him nervous. And instead of doing what most people do, which is selling everything, he just bought as much parts and things as he can buy, which is great, you know. And now that they're back, that's even better that like he has all these supplies of parts and a, a supply line again. So nice. that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. This was the first time I brought the my new truck to the field, and you know I could have put my helis in the back, but the night before I'm like, you know, Saturday night I'm like, man, I need I need to figure a way to transport these helis, and I was like, damn, we just had a we just had an interview, you know, had a podcast with Random Ray, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, and I remember Dan Renane when we, you know, when we drove down to chill out, he had a 
he had his little like folding table where he put those skid mounts on. I was like, oh, shoot. I won these skid mounts at, I don't know which fun fly, but I've won them at several different fun flies over the, over the years of, you know, going to these fun flies. And I've never used them. So I, I went digging through all my stuff. I found um, a set of T-track rails and the, um, the adapters for them, right? The screw and the, the thumb screws. The, and, the, um, and then I found a couple skid clamps. I found an 8-millimeter, 9-millimeter, and one of the, garbon, <coughs> the carbon um, goblin skid clamps. Mm-hmm. None of it fit. <laughs> <laughs> and of course they don't because the eight millimeter won't fit the goblins. They're they're I think the Kraken is ten and I think and then the other ones are twelve. So uh, so I take I was taking a look at it and I was like, well, I can just cut some pieces out and make it fit, you know, just customize it. So I took a Dremel to them and I got them all to work. All of them from the eight mil to the nine to the uh the carbon skid ones that are like on a weird slant angle. Got them all to work with the um, the ten and twelve millimeter um, SAB skid pipes, um, and it looks good. It worked really well. It held the helis in place. The only thing else I was worried about is that the um, the table, you know, in the back in the pickup bed, like would slide around, and I'm worried that I'm gonna hit the brakes hard because some idiot's gonna stop short in front of me. And what's gonna happen? All my tail booms are gonna smash into the back of the bed. So. I was like, well, I got this, you know, yoga mat that I use to kind of help things from sliding around. So I put that underneath the table, and that worked perfectly. The table did not move an inch. It, um, mm-hmm. it, it could still slide if you hit the brakes. If you look, there's a place you can put a two-by-four in your bed. Mm-hmm. There's a little notch on either side. So if you cut one the right length, it'll go in there, and you can actually um, set the helis uh, behind that, so that that two before will keep them from sliding forward in your bed. Okay. Yeah, it's on either side of the wheel well usually. That yeah. Notch. I also bought one of those. Um, what are those things? They're like an extended pipe that goes across the bed. So yeah. like it can like. How tall is that? Will the tail stick over it? I mean, it's small. It's just like a like a shower curtain pipe almost. Oh, okay. So so I can put it low so it like. Hold the table, then. or I can mm-hmm. put it high enough, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any p- issues with uh, the helis moving at all. I, it could be because of the spray and liner. I also have too. So with that and the the rubber or mm-hmm. the foam, it kind of, kind of gripped it down pretty well. And plus, I keep my helis fueled, so they weigh the most they're going to weigh anyway. So it it seemed that did the job. But um, yeah, it was great. And um, after having this black nitro kit for like four days, which was a new record of me not opening a box in four days, I opened <laughs> up the box and started building the, the uh, my, what I'm re-kitting. I don't have to re-kit, but I'm re-kitting my black nitro. So, so yeah, so that's, uh, the frame's already done. I just got to put the motor and electronics in. So it should be good. Cool. For, yeah, man. Uh, what about you, Andy? You're out of town, right? Uh, yeah, I was in Louisville all last week. Yeah, so how was I the show? Really, it was good. Um, I walked so much my feet hurt really bad. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I uh, come back sun, uh, Saturday mm-hmm. evening, and Tima didn't get to go with me. So we just hung out Saturday night, and then I took her out Sunday for a belated Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one cool thing is we were coming back Sunday afternoon, as I'm driving up the road, I see a nitro heli flying in my backyard. I'm like, huh, that's cool. Huh? 
Yeah, which I had given permission, but Neil oh, had that. come by to fly. But it was kind of cool to be driving up the road and see a, uh-huh. see a heli flying. It's like, nice. oh, I guess that's what it looks like when I'm flying in the backyard. <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah, he he had uh, messaged me earlier in the day, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be gone, but help yourself. Nice. So he was flying, flying his uh, Goblin Nitro, Black Nitro, and mm-hmm. electric some. He was doing some tuning and whatnot. So Nice. But I, I didn't do any flying. I haven't done any wrenching. I haven't done any buying. So not really done anything useful. Just farm stuff. Well, I appreciate you doing your farm stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Worked uh, a lot yesterday and a lot today as well, catching up from being gone for basically two weeks. Yeah. Because I was only here for two days between the chill out and then leaving for the show in Louisville. So getting caught back up, but hopefully later in the, this week I'll get some flying in. Cool. Uh, what about you, George? Heard you had a big weekend. Yeah, we had a hangar day Saturday. Friday before that, we did the uh, lunchtime show. Yeah, with how did that show? It went good. We had a couple of cameras rigged up where we could show uh, just basically taking the AS350-700 size out and uh, nice. show, showing it. it. It's a basically an R+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Everything but the electronics, really nice paint job, nice detail. Yeah, the paint job was nice on that man. I got a chance to cut to catch like the first fifteen minutes, maybe. I don't. I don't even know where I was. I might have been driving, like when mm-hmm. I was watching it. <laughs> so that's probably why I didn't comment. But that was a American <laughs> flag Damn, scheme, right? So you're the one driving down the road watching YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. I'm on the Jersey Turnpike, dude. Everybody's on their phone. I might as well join. Uh. In. <laughs> Gosh, I'm shaking yeah. my head right now. Crazy, but yeah, it was uh, it was all right. We uh, we showed the 700 size fuselage kit for the for the uh, Bell 206 with the mm-hmm. American flag paint job on it. That was nice. It's nice. really nice. Got it. Um, got the mechanics mounted in it. It's about ready to fly. Cool. But. Uh, yeah, took a bunch of pictures of them, but uh, that was fun. Then, of course, Saturday we had a hangar day get together and had several here. We had we had a ball. We were out there flying everything. I had a little Flex Innovations Mamba Ten out doing crazy 3D stuff with it. Um, nice, crashing it over and over and over, and then just turning it, turning it back up on its wheels, taking off. Tough little planes. Mm-hmm. Nice. But, uh, but then somebody needs to design a foamy mm-hmm. helicopter like the foamy plane. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Then, then we we were out there flying the little blade two thirty HD five hundred, okay. and I I smacked the top wire with the end. <laughs> yeah, I just misjudged uh, the distance on it, but uh, then John Coyle was out there. With his, uh, the one he got from you, Andy. What was it? Yeah, the Gowie X5. Yeah. He flopped it around a little bit. Nice. But, uh, yeah, we had a good turnout. Steve Hodges had that big, uh, Roban Apache out there, had his sound system going and everything. 
Awesome. Yeah, I think I saw a video of that or pictures of it on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a really, really nice build on that thing. It's super detailed. Nice. Yeah, and then went out of town for a night, got a really bad sinus infection, and worked from home today. Where'd you go, China? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad sinus yeah. infection. Well, I was out there huffing those uh, shipping package bubbles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I bet I got more of those than you do. Yeah, I, bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. But uh, I, I usually get a couple of these every year during this time in the Appalachian rainforest. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you, since doing the podcast, going back and listening to like around Christmas time, it was like, Okay, I was sick that year. I was sick that year. Like it was, I was amazed at like how well that do- well obviously how well it documents like when you're sick because you can you can hear it. But man, because it's around the time we go back and listen to our resolutions, and I'm, man, I was sick like three or three years in a row easily. So says the guy's like, I'm never sick. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm, you're always sick. Uh, now it's I, I'm amazed. Yeah, I know. It's like you think you're oh I'm never sick, but then when when you have it documented like that, man, like yeah. wow, I am sick. Like. <laughs> Three, four times a year. I don't realize it. It's funny how the brain just likes to shut things that they don't like out. <laughs> Other than that, that was about my week. All right. Uh, Shannon, how about your week? How have you been? Uh, let's see. Well, I guess it's been a couple of weeks since I saw you guys at Chill Out, which was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we enjoyed that as usual going there. Since then, let's see. Been going back and forth trying to contact... Uh, Virginia senators and representatives, as we've got some crazy bills going through of all kinds that mm-hmm. the, the, they're trying to turn our world upside down. So that's been part of my time. Caleb's in the middle of some um, algebra that's not his favorite thing okay. that he needs help with. And so mom wants me to help with that instead of uh, her helping. So we've been having algebra sessions like 30 minutes to an hour just about every day. And let's see, we've been enjoying playing with some new YGE ESCs, and I've been messing with setting up telemetry on some of the type of stuff and learning about that. Nice. Um, wow. Just, I guess, the regular stuff, uh, orders coming in and out and trying to keep up with resupply and uh, just regular everyday life. Nothing really in particular that's been extremely fascinating, just every day going at it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that is fascinating stuff, though, like. I'm curious what your your day looks like, you know, being an owner of a hobby shop and stuff like that, which I guess just leads us to our main topic here, huh? Boy, smooth as silk, dude. That was pretty good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Shannon, um, yes. so what does it take to own a hobby shop? I know it's a very general question, but just like on your day to day stuff, what does it take to do what you do? Well. Have you heard the the joke about what does it take to make a million dollars in the hobby? You start sure. with two million. Yeah, you start <laughs> no, with two million. No, it's more like ten million. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's, it's something like that. Because <laughs> that's kind of the same as farming, you know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um. Well, let's see. Let me let me start with my everyday uh, yeah. actions or what what we go on what we do every day and then go from there, but. I normally get up pretty early. I'm I'm an early to bed and early to rise kind of fella. And I'll get up 
this may not be early for some people, but I'll get started about 5.30 and get some things in done in the morning and then pull all uh, emails. Most of the time it ends up, and I don't know if it's because of, you know, the, the left coast is uh, behind us or what it is, but I get a lot of uh, emails, contacts, and orders um, during the night. Mm-hmm. So I'll get up first thing and respond to all that. Um, go pull the orders, whether they're in the my shop or in the trailer. Because the way I have the software set up, I have like an A and B location, and part of that's in the trailer and part of it's in the uh, the shop, so I know mm-hmm. where things are. Mm-hmm. And pull those and then go ship, and we do some small eBay things that's, that most of it doesn't have anything to do with the um, uh, only found helis, but um, that's involved in shipping as well. So we go ship. And then periodically throughout the day, we're working on different things, uh, taking calls there. Like today, we had several instances of people calling about technical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're filling that throughout the day, looking at inventory, uh, what we need to resupply. Um, if a supplier doesn't have something, is there an alternate place that we can get that? Trying to keep up with mm-hmm. things that are going on relative to like the FAA proposal and, mm-hmm. you know, sending off emails to that or, you know, it's it, it's just a continual thing. It's uh, going back to Annie's comment, you know, farming, there's no such thing as a 40 hour day. And really, if you're in the hobby business, there's no such thing as a 40 hour mm-hmm. week either. Right. So um, that's kind of a general overview. Then we go to bed and get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of a thing where, you know, uh, we got the same question. When we wanted to chill out about Caleb flying and, you know, Caleb really doesn't get much chance to fly except for at events. And it's kind of like the cobbler that his kids don't have any shoes. We're always helping everybody else with their stuff and we don't sure. get the chance to go mess with it or go, go fly or whatever that much. We enjoy it when we do, but the majority of the time is spent uh, with products and stuff like that, trying to get things out and support other folks. But that's okay. kind of an overview of what we do from a daily standpoint. Um, okay. As far as, I'll kind of give you a background of how we started. I started Only Find Helis in 2012, which seems like forever ago, but it also seems like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um, started it, I had a little shop back behind my house, and then we gradually worked that into online. And not too long, I'd have to look it up, but maybe a year or two after we started that, there was a um, – um, a local hobby shop called A to Z Hobby downtown. I'm in a small town of about 1,500 people. And the owner of the shop started having some health problems, and he wasn't going to be able to maintain it, and he wanted to sell it. And basically, if I didn't purchase it, it was going to go away. So right. I purchased A to Z and kind of combined A to Z Hobbies and Only Find Helis into the same shop. And so we had a, uh, a shop downtown for, for several years there. And obviously, the only fun heli is being a helicopter only for the um, for the online side. And at A to Z, we carried everything from uh, planes, trains, cars, uh, rockets, um, boats, you name it. Oh, wow. Um, so we and we kept that for several years. And then I just closed that part of the business just a few months ago, just last year, and then went back to concentrating on only fun helis. And um, I foresee that's probably going to be the way it is. I don't anticipate getting back into the um, the, the retail side in general for general hobbies. Yeah. In, in in my area where I am, and then because of the market in general, I was pulling money out of only fine helis to support A to Z, and it just didn't make sense for me to continue to do that. So sure, that's 
that's kind of the background of the history of how we started. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Those are actually my next two questions was uh, how long ago did you start and also your brick and mortar shop. It's it's crazy that like in this day and age, you know, brick and mortar shop, like people, obviously there's, there's an online presence for everything, but it's funny that like, I don't know, I'm old fashioned. I like to go and touch things and like, you know, yeah. look at the box and look at the box art and look at the parts that I want to get and stuff, you know. And I just, I don't know, like, great, I, I order things online all the time, but I also go to my local hobby shops and see what I, they have and try to buy something, you know? Mm. Well, kind of you know, I, I see that a couple different ways. And, you know, I, I know, and speaking of you in particular, Steve, I know when we go to events, there's many times when you come into the trailer and you'll buy things that you don't need just stocking up just to help to support. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, you know, there's several people like that when we go to events, and obviously we appreciate that. You know, a comment you make about, want to touch and feel and all that. One of the things that I ran into towards the end of uh, A to Z was mm-hmm. quite frequently we would have people come in and you're right. They wanted to open a box and look and touch and feel and whatever. And they also wanted to talk to me for 30 minutes or an hour with questions about how does this work or how do I set this up or whatever. Right. And come to find out, I look on their Facebook page and they ordered it off of Amazon. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wherever else. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, so, yeah, that, that happened, um, uh, more times than not. Um, uh-huh. and you know, they, many people would come and, and use the expertise that we had, what little there was of it, but get advice from us on, you know, how to do things or, uh, mm-hmm. technical questions or whatever. Um, but then we would see them purchasing elsewhere and I'm, I'm, a part of that, I'm sure, was a cost measure because I, my prices were not exorbitant or high. I didn't think at the shop at all. Mm-hmm. We stayed right at map pricing. But, um, you know, a lot of times because of sales and things like that, it's, yeah. we'll take for example, example, DJI. You know, I'm a DJI dealer. But if you look at the volume that like a um, Best Buy or a Walmart or something like that can get DJI for mm-hmm. versus what I can get it for. Um, there's no yeah, way that I can be competitive with that. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's just one example, but, uh, it, that was a common thing where people would come and touch and feel and look and all that and then buy elsewhere. And it, it got to be pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. That gotta be kind of frustrating too, huh? <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> it is. And you know, it's, I think it's a mindset difference. And, um, uh, and maybe <laughs> this is wrong with me. I, I see it. I see it not just in the hobby. I see it across the board. In I don't know. I look at it as as an age thing to some degree, and, and mm. maybe that's crazy or weird of me. But I think uh, the younger folks are much more likely to do that versus somebody that's uh, my age or a little older or whatever. Yeah. I I I, I think the folks that are growing up now are used to having a phone with them 24 seven and used to looking at a, uh, ad for a pair of shoes and ordering it and have it on the doorstep the next day. And mm-hmm. what was the wrong sure. size? So <clears throat> they contact them and get the next size sent and have it there. You know, they're, I guess they're much more used to that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yeah. so they, they've lived that. Whereas we, when we grew up, we didn't have that situation we had to go touch and feel and, yeah. Whatever. So, right. I, I think there was there's partially an age difference in that too. That's not only affecting 
uh, hobby shops, but like shoe stores, for example. Well, just or just retail in general, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I don't have anything necessarily against Amazon. You know, I, I know there's there's a big thing now with what they're doing and, and there's questions in the national media about, you know, are they getting too big and this and that, whatever. Well, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have an issue with that, but they're – the, the way we use that, um, obviously, if we don't support the smaller shops, we can't complain and be sad that they're gone. Right. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And it amazes me that the generation now that, that gets mad when they have to stand in front of the microwave for 30 seconds and, and wants everything <laughs> instantly, that web page to load in, in you know, 0.3 seconds is fine with waiting three days for delivery on stuff. Or, or like yeah. you said, getting it and now it's the wrong size where you could have tried it out in the store and picked it up right there. Now you got to wait yep. another two yep. days because you have to send it back. That's yeah. funny. Well, I don't know if I've told you the story before, but I actually someone else gave me this idea that I used one time. <clears throat> there was a customer that came in and he was continually asking about prices. He'd come in and he'd post up on, up on his phone and say, okay, this company XYZ has this car for this amount. And, you know, in the RC, the, in the RC car market, the the parts margin is is decent. It's okay. The actual the margin on the car itself is very low in most cases, um, and you you make very little money on the vehicle itself. So you know he'd come in and have he'd have his phone and I want this Traxxas vehicle or this HBI or associated or whatever it was, and you know right here they're selling it for this. Can you match this? And um, I mean it happened over and over and over. And he came in and I said. Well, sh- well, sure. What we'll do is we'll go ahead and, and you can go ahead and pay me for it and I'll set it back up back here. And it, well, this is Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it is. You can come pick it up Friday. And he looks puzzled. And, and then, what are you talking about? I said, well, yeah, I mean, that's what would happen if you ordered it right there. Then you'd pay for it and you wouldn't get it to Friday. So you go ahead and pay for it and I'll match <laughs> it and I'll set it right here. And then you come back, pick it up Friday. And he didn't think that was too funny. But no, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and I think it's a cultural thing, right? Like, it could be an age thing, obviously, but I think it's also just, like, people growing up in this day with internet and how everything has turned to an e-commerce site um, loses yeah, that, that expect- yeah, that's their expectation, and, and that's, and they lose, like, what, what you know, buying stuff used to be, like, back in the day, because they just, they don't know about it, right? They don't know about, like, yeah. trying things on, making sure it fits, you know, before buying it. Even my daughter, the other day, she's like, I want this shirt. And I was like, looking at it, it's like, isn't that kind of big for you? She's like, I don't know. I didn't try it all. I was like, well, go try it on. <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's too big for you. Yeah. You know, like, try things. That's that's why they have changing rooms. That's why they, you know, like, yeah. that's why there's retail shops like this. Like, so you right. can try and know f- and be confident that you're going to buy something you want to keep and not be like, well, I'll just return it tomorrow if I don't like it. Like, no. Yeah. Know now that you're going to buy it and want to keep it. I'm- I've never bought shoes online and only buy clothes if it's something I already have and know like these pants will fit. But mm-hmm. I mean, something like shoes, you've got to try them on. You yeah. can't, they might hurt your feet or fit weird or. Yeah, it might not be wide enough or too narrow. Yeah, yeah you never yeah. know. I never have understood ordering um, clothing well, online. I, you know, I think part of that too, there, there's also, we mentioned. The, the customer side, I think there's somewhat a responsibility on the retail side too. And I, I saw some benefit to this, not enough to, to maintain the shop and keep it open, but you know, there has to be a different level of service that helps to come bring them back as well. For example, we had a, 
I think it's a 60 inch TV that we had set up where we had a SIM station mm-hmm. and we would have people come in and, um, there, there's one gentleman I was, I'm thinking of in particular, I think he's 80, I want to say he's 84 now. Uh, he flew control line eons and eons ago and, um, he wanted to learn to fly collective pitch helicopters and never really had anybody to teach him. So, I mean, he's flown planes for almost as long as I've been alive, probably. Um, but never really got into helicopters. So several years ago, he got, he got a little blade collective pitch model and well, actually started with, uh, uh, coax one to fix pitch and then got a uh, collective pitch model and was starting to work on that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually got uh, a line 470 and we helped him put that together. And he would come in and he would get quote unquote lessons on the sim. And it was funny when, when he first came in, Caleb was, I'm going to say nine. I'm going off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. it would be funny to watch. And I'm sitting behind the counter helping somebody and Caleb's sitting over on a stool. And at the time, you know, Caleb's half this man's height. Yeah. He said, there, no, 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 that you're, that, yeah, that won't work. You got to move it this way. And, you know, he's going to teach me. That's so awesome. Uh, but, you know, things like that from a service standpoint, I think that definitely helps. And again, it wasn't enough to be able to, for me to maintain the shop, but I, yeah. having additional service things to, to help to woo the customer and to bring them in and to, yeah. to keep them there. That's a responsibility that I think is often not talked about um, on the um, on the retail side to make sure that you're doing whatever you can, the best you can to service that customer. Because obviously, if you're not servicing them the best way you can, for sure, they're going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But you know, even sometimes when you do, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have never experienced a a hobby shop where you just you can walk in and actually see product and live in an area where they've already been closed out and mm-hmm. you know yeah, it's like yeah. the the town I live in pretty good sized little town and there's no real hobby shops left anymore you have to go to the next town over to even find a, a hobby town and yeah it's it's sad because I can remember when I was a kid. My family had a small paint store downtown, and just about four blocks up was this little hobby shop, AAA model supply or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I can remember walking up there, you know, or riding my bike up there and just going in and looking and seeing all the stacks of models or HO oh, yeah. and engage train stuff. And then they had this huge airplane always hanging up in the front window, and I just thought it'd be the coolest thing to have something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so was this back in the twenties or the thirties? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is probably in the late sixties, early seventies. <laughs> but um, you know, still, you know, you're talking about having all these things in this shop that it just kind of reminded me of that, how cool it was to go in that, you know, here's somebody has made enough on such a small profit margin that they've been able to build this much stock. And I know back then the profit margin was a little bit better. Because you know they weren't being outbid by all these these uh, chain stores, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, yeah, a, it was a unique ex- experience. I agree. One of the things that's also hurt, I, I feel like it's to some degree impacted the nitro market, maybe even more than electric market. Because and I I see that locally, unfortunately, more car guys than than air guys, but. You know, some of the car guys that were still in the nitro, they were getting, I would purchase nitro in bulk and they would come get it from me. 
And I know that's happening. A lot of helicopter guys and you know, mm-hmm. some of our team guys and whatever told me they're used to going to this hobby shop and picking up nitro and yeah. it's not there anymore. So, very, you know, they're very, yeah, it's very expensive to ship it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, uh, so I think that part of it has affected the, specifically the nitro part of the hobby as well or more than even the electric side because of that for sure yeah you know with with hobby shops local hobby shops even online hobby shops kind of closing left and right it, it seems like there's no real margin in, in this hobby like how do you even stay in business like how do you make a decent margin to pay for like you know your your web hosting and all like even just saying Store even just look your building. I mean, not, not even that. thinking about storefront because obviously that didn't that that's not working these days, right? But even just the online shop, like how do you even pay that and pay your salary and pay for all the operational costs, your business license, everything, your taxes? Like I I don't. It's like you must you know you, unless you sell like a billion items a you know, a month, which I, I don't think there's anywhere near that, but you know, it's just really interesting. Like how do you, how do you stay in business? Like, how does this work? Well, I feel like that meth is really pretty dangerous and I don't want my family around that. So I prefer to, to deal in stuff like uh, marijuana. Um, and that <laughs> helps to support. <laughs> and gets me wait, wait, money. I thought we were talking about hobby shops. I, I guess that could <laughs> be a hobby of some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, more you, nobody that's in the uh, in the and I you know I was, obviously I had a hobby shop that I dealt with um, pretty much everything in the hobby and I and I'm mm-hmm. very familiar with those numbers and everything but I, I'm probably going to limit this more to to a helicopter conversation because that's sure. um, what where my heart is and what really I, I do all the time mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> Just about everybody that I know in the in the RC Heli world does it because they love it and it's in their yeah. blood and that's something that we really enjoy. And nobody's here to, as a get rich quick scheme or a get rich period scheme. It, it's it's sure. it's not going to happen. Um, and you know, the majority of us have some kind of other business investments or other businesses or jobs or mm-hmm. whatever that help to support this side of it because of that. Um, and we're willing to, to juggle and, and do different things in order to to do what we do because we love it and want to support it. You, you know, you're asking about margins. I, I don't mind sharing specific numbers. Like, for example, most kits, and then there, there are exceptions to this, but most kits yeah. you end up with like 25% margin on a kit. There are okay. some that's less than that. More like, I'm surprised, you know, yeah, I was about to say, I was surprised but, it's even that high, you know. Yeah, so you know, you'd get like say twenty five percent margin on the kit, but there's a lot of accessory costs that come into that. That you know, your kit costs. Let's let's take a thousand dollar kit for easy math. Sure. You know, a thousand dollar kit with twenty five percent margin. For those of you that are not huge math buffs, um, that means you know it's cost me seven hundred fifty bucks, which means in theory you put two fifty in your pocket. Well, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I have to pay shipping to me, and in most cases, um, there's I'm buying multiple kits at a time, so I'm getting a break on that. Um, yeah. If I buy a bunch of kits at one time, I, it that seven hundred fifty dollar kit can you know, I I'll pay seven or eight dollars, six seven eight dollars something like that in shipping to me by the time you divide it up, and mm-hmm. then there's a packaging cost that a lot of people don't think about. You know, 
I guess it was the end of, what was it? End of last year, maybe one of my team guys brought this up in uh, a group that we have and was asking about shipping cost. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact number, but I remember um, in looking at shipping co- costs, not boxes or tape or anything like that, just USPS and UPS charges was over $12,000 yes, last year, just wow. the shipping fee. Wow. Um, so, you know, there, in, there's, and then you have the packaging cost. Um, yeah. You know, I go through cases of tape. Sure. Um, cases and cases of cases tape. Cases of tape, so, boxes. So, yeah. Yeah. Packing and material. The, yeah, the Chinese bubble wrap that you pop and breathe and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. The, um, so packaging on that $1,000 kit, I'm going to guess, say, 2 to $3 in that range. Okay. Now, a $1,000 kit, normally you're looking at 700 Depending on the kit, you're 15 to 18 pounds in a box. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And if you go anywhere to Texas or west, um, it's hard to get that less than $45 or $50. Um, sure. I shipped wow. one the other day that was $62 for a, for a kit going to California. Um, and, you know, for us, if you spend $1,000 or more, it's free shipping. So I'm taking care of that. Um, yeah, for but, most, it's like $100 or more. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, even if I factor it on the low end and say $40 mm-hmm. for shipping that kit, um, I factor that in and then there's card fees and then roughly I'm looking at about 3% for a card fee. So all those numbers I threw out there for a thousand dollar kit, if you figure it out instead of 25%, I'm actually ended up with like 17 right at it. Sure. Um, and that's on a conservative side. So yeah. out of that thousand dollar kit, I'm keeping 170. Um, now uh, take a $500 kit. Let's take like a 520 size machine or a 570 or a 400 okay. or something like that. You know, th- that's, that's going to be, I'm actually going to make a little less on that because the fixed cost of the, uh, the shipping and the packaging costs and stuff like that is not quite as much, but it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. So on a $500 kit, you know, I'm ending up <clears throat> costing me three seventy five, and then shipping to me about $5, still about two to three for packaging, shipping out to the customer 35 or plus. Mm-hmm. And then card fees of 15 bucks, that puts me at about 13 and a half percent. Oh, wow. So, you know, somewhere between 13 and a half and 17 on a kit. Now, parts, we make um, we make more money on parts. Uh, parts, is, mm-hmm. in, in most cases, again, there are exceptions where some are less. But in most cases, you're about a 30 percent margin for parts, 25 to 30. I'm going to use 30 as a as a figure. Okay. But again, because of us having $100 or more, you get free shipping. Most people try to get over that $100 mark, which makes sense. For sure. So let's say a $105 part order. That costs me $73.50. I'm going to figure shipping to me of about $1.50. And a packaging, a lot of times with packaging, I mean, we're moving to more UPS. We were able to get a better rate here a couple of days ago, so we may be doing more UPS. But right now, we're using a lot of USPS boxes, and they provide us boxes, which helps with that expense. Mm-hmm. But packaging wise, I'm going to figure like 35 cents with that. And then shipping, um, if you buy a boom or a torque tube or uh, anything like that that's longer, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, easily right off the bat, you've got 950 in shipping. Yeah. I mean, easy. So I'm going to figure that as as a shipping cost. And then a card fee of 315, 
that still yeah. puts me at 16% profit. So mm-hmm. I'm like 17%, 13 and a half, 16. So they're not the big margins. Get, I offer reward points and my reward points are 3%. Okay. So if somebody uses their reward points, which not everybody uses reward points and I'm not sure why that is, but that's the case. Well, so saving for that big ticket item that Diablo yeah, or something. <laughs> a lot of times they do a lot of times, mm-hmm. but you know, really, if you look at those numbers and factor it, I'm going to say we end up with, with an average of 15%. Okay. So out of that 15%, um, like the points you guys were talking about, um, rent, heat, phone, yeah. uh, utilities, advertising, insurance, liability, fire and theft, uh, computer and printer to be able to yeah. do your orders with and travel cost to events, my trailer, licensing, mm-hmm. business taxes, you know, I, I could mean, go on and on. Also just holding stock, right? Like just holding those exactly. kits, just holding those parts. Like, you know, you look at your trailer and you look at all the stuff you have in there. Like, you know, if no one buys them, like you paid for them already. They're still sitting there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. oh man. So, you know, it's, you, you have to do you have to do volume to make enough yes. money really to support yourself. You you have to. And you know, one of the challenges to be honest that we're seeing, you know, there, there's several difficulties that we're facing right now that everybody's aware of in the hobby. And you know, I don't want to be a, a a downer. That's not the point of this, but everybody knows about that, some of the FA concerns and we don't really know where that's sure. gonna end up. And you know, some of the some of the issues with uh, Chinese New Year being a little longer and then coronavirus is creating some problems <laughs> yeah. and uh, some of the tariff issues. Um, you know, like, for example, I didn't know this until recently, but just about all of the um, nitro, the uh, nitromethane is actually manufactured in China and it's mm. is under the tariffs. And that's ah. one of the big factors for the higher expense for nitro in the U.S. Because that I'm aware of, there's no nitromethane manufacturing being done on any large scale in the United States that I'm aware of. Right. No, I, so, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Oh, man. It's imported. So, the nitromethane's imported and then blended and all yeah, mixed, mixed stuff here. here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's a lot of things like that that are affecting the hobby, obviously, but you know, another thing that's affecting it, we're, we're kind of seeing, um, because of some of the difficulties, you know, there's, back when I started 2012 and earlier, and of course I was aware of the hobby prior to that, things were flowing a lot more and there was, business was a lot easier yeah. and there were people in the hobby. If you look at the Urcha, you know, there was a lot more people there and, you mm-hmm. know, so on and so forth. And, we've seen a lot of companies go out of business. I mean, you guys could probably rattle off several names, both general hobby shops and specific heli shops that are no longer with us. And, you know, there's fewer of us here. It's caused manufacturers to go direct, which I think was wise of them. They really didn't have any choice like your, um, you know, Burt's with BK USA and Brian with Mikado USA and, Mm -hmm. you know, other examples like that, you know, Matt selling direct, um, uh, power heli with some of their distribution going direct stuff like that mm-hmm. that they had to do that because of lower margins and really in order to survive and it part what is caused is there's there's got to be more competition and i don't say that in a bad way i mean i'm i'll give you an example i mean you most of you guys well i say 
I know uh, specifically, you know, Steve and Andy, and I think, Kevin, you know, you've been seeing us at events. When we go to events, Caleb and I, we have, I mean, I'm not going to say we're friends with everybody there. I think that's probably the case. But if you, we've had, when we first started out, we had people kind of surprised or uh, wondering, well, we'll go hang out with the Amen guys. And, you know, we, we're good friends with them and go back and forth and we'll mm-hmm. hang out and go fly together and all this kind of stuff. And people are like, well, hey, you know, that's their competitors, quote unquote. Well, yeah, yes and no. But, you know, we're all in the hobby. We're all looking for the good of the hobby and we're all friends. But at the same time, there's business competition that goes on there that, you know, sometimes it, you get into a thing where, you know, I need to figure out a way to drive business to my business versus wherever it is, you know, mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. And I'm not, right. I'm not picking on anything at all. It just, mm-hmm. it was a good example because we're buddies with them, sure. but um, it, discounting it is one of the ways that people do that. And they say, well, you know, if I have a big sale, people will come to me and, you know, let's go back to the margins. You know, on average, if I'm dealing with 15% margin, if I have a 10% sale, I'm yeah, hoping your you margin down? have to try to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't leave anything left. Yeah. Or, you know, I, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not at all in, in, I'm not at all opposed to sales. I think, you know, sales at certain times are all that are good. I like sales as well, mm-hmm. well as anybody. And I think we need to do that. But, you know, like Black Friday, for example, there were several companies this year that had like 20% sales for Black Friday. Well, yeah. like I say, uh, I just showed you the math and uh, how do you do that? Well, if they're willing to take a hit, they're not making anything or maybe uh, even a little less than that trying to maintain mm-hmm. margin or, you know, they're trying to, um, they have a cash flow situation where they may have excess inventory, like what you were talking about, you know, what, right. what we have to stop. And they're trying to move some of that in order to, to try to get some cash flow moving. So, you know, there's several reasons for that, but that, com- that competitive part of that, of the discounts, can be a problem long-term because, you know, it's, it's not sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. So within the industry, I think we have to work some of that out to make sure that we do stay viable. And, you know, we're not in a position where uh, it's a race to the bottom to cut our own throat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I did some numbers the other day and, and, you know, if I, if I'm born you with the numbers, tell me to hush and I'll, we'll drive on something else. But like, if, if I look at, if I look at it taking $25,000 of business overhead for me to stay in business for a year, which is nothing. I mean, you, that's not really reasonable for me to say, but 25,000 for rent and for um, my power and internet and et cetera, and all that kind of stuff, insurance, everything. Mm-hmm. Let's say I can do that for 25,000 a year, which you're not going to do, but let's ease the math. Yeah. And let's say I only want to live off of 50,000 a year. Okay. So that's seventy five thousand a year profit I have to make off of what I sell in order to to stay afloat. Be, yeah, to just be even. Yeah. So if if I'm if I've got that fifteen percent margin number and I want to end up with seventy five thousand, twenty five for the business and fifty for me and my family to live off of, I have to sell half a million dollars a year in order to do that for me to put seventy five thousand. Uh, 25,000 in the business and 50 in my pocket. But if we have even a 5% drop in that margin through sales or for whatever reason, and I'm getting 10% margin, now I have to make three quarter million dollars or I have to sell three quarters of a million dollars a year 
in order to get that same 75,000. If it drops down below that and I'm making 5% margin as an average, you have to sell a million five. So, you know, that's, that's the context of what it takes in order for, um, for a, a, a hobby shop and really not just from the helicopter side, you've got somewhat similar margins across the board in, in other types in the hobby, like for the cars and, and planes. Oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, you know, the, the margin on plane planes are, is pretty low. And then you have astronomical shipping costs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. One of you guys are familiar with Red Wing RC, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't, you know, Red Wing was started by another individual, but actually Red Wing, Jeff Mitchell purchased Red Wing a couple of years ago. And I went to school with him at the Citadel and we've talked right. a little bit back and forth, but it's funny that, you know, we knew each other at Citadel and, and when we were in school and he's on the airplane side and never thought about doing anything with planes when he was there. And I didn't think about doing anything with helicopters and we're both in the industry. So, nice. but we talked <laughs> yeah. about, you know, he's, there's a similar situation on the plane side, but if, and I just use him as an example because I I know him, you know, if you've got a a 30 percenter and you're trying to put that box and ship it, I mean, you're not going to ship that for $10. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really across the board that we, we do it because we love it. Um, We want to see it move forward. But yet at the same time, we have to make sure that we're being fiscally responsible in what we do in, the, in, in our inventory, in our sales, in our travel, in um, giving to events and things like that to make sure that we stay around, both for our benefit and for your benefit. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always a balancing act. But, you know, every business is that way to an, to an extent. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the. A long-winded answer to the short question, I guess. (laughs) So you kind of hit this point, and I kind of want to dig deeper in this. Um, So if this FAA proposal for rulemaking goes into effect, where there's going to be remote IDs and fix, you know, flying sites and all this stuff, um, what is that? How is that going to interact with your business? Like, you know, what's it going to change for you? Yeah. There was a gentleman that I spoke with with the Small Businesses Administration that is a lawyer for them that they are trying to go to bat for, Mm -hmm. at least I hope they are, trying to go to bat for us smaller guys. And when I say that, anybody that's in the RC heli side is a smaller guy. Really, honestly, anybody in the RC hobby period from a drone, Mm -hmm. plane, helicopter is small relatively. But um, I talked with him for a good while and – they, we obviously don't know what's going to happen, but there's a lot of big money being poured into it because it's advantageous for the larger corporations. Um, mm-hmm. the, and and we're a nobody that doesn't have any money into it. So at this point, if if it goes the way it is proposed right now, um, I think long term you would see the hobby being severely restricted and or dying off. And subsequently the shops would do the same thing because there wouldn't be any customers to be able to sell to. Yeah. Um, so I, I would see the FAA bill, if it goes through the way it is um, proposed now without any changes. And, you know, they're talking about a, um, the implementation is going to be over a time period. So it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, they enact it and then 
2000, you know, 2021, boom, everything's done. It's going to be over a time period. But even so, you know, the conversation with George was talking about, about not being able to walk into a hobby shop and see things, you know, it's all of that's going to go away. Um, yeah. It, it just, it, the, the things that would stay would be like, um, DJI drones and things like that, because of what they already have in them with their GPS activity and stuff like that, they would still be able to stay in business because they could comply relatively easily. Uh, any of right. us that yeah. are in, mm-hmm. you know, any of us that are RC helis or RC planes where we put together kits and stuff like that, and even the drone racing side of it, because of the way they are, I, I would see that long term going away. Now, I, I don't see an immediate death spiral but i mean where are you going to fly um, yeah. from an expense standpoint that mm-hmm. going to add a tremendous expense um it's you know even now we see people on the forums i'm sure you guys have seen it uh you know hey i'm considering buying this helicopter but you know with fa registration regulation coming through should i just wait and see what happens and you know like i say this is the proposal is of implementation maybe several years off as far as the way, way it's actually hitting us, but people are already taking that into consideration. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's potentially devastating. I agree. 100%. Yeah. yeah and that's and, one thing you mentioned that I've, I've found out kind of through listening to some podcasts and uh, is definitely that the DJI and the stuff that's programmed already into a lot of these drones that we can almost, we can, I mean, Steve will say, yeah, definitely blame them for, for causing all this, uh, can comply so much easier. They're, yeah, and, they're already and, Wi-Fi enabled and Wi-Fi connected for the most part and can easily comply. Right. And that pisses me off even more because they're the root of most of these issues, right? Uh, the, the negative, the negative aspect of our hobby or the, the perspective of, of these DJI things, you know, just the negative cost, publicity in the uh, yeah, public. Yeah, yeah. so public. everyone thinks, oh, drones, whether it's a helicopter, plane, or an actual multi-rotor, oh, no, those must be bad. They're all spying on us. So then they get that. Then, you know, the lawmakers are like, well, that's what my son's saying, that they're all bad. So I'm going to say, sure. And and then, you know, we got the Amazon and Google giving us tons of money yeah. to, to pass this law. So I guess it's everyone's consensus that, yeah, this is bad and we're going to stop it. And I'm doing a, I'm doing the right thing. But, you know, they don't know that well, they're they're hurting, you know, well, uh, I us. Say, I, think, I think there's two prongs. You know, you mentioned the, the and we, we use DJ, DJI because that is the manufacturer really – if, if you're getting a quality one, that's really the yeah. only one that's, that's right. a major manufacturer. Yeah, that is part of the cause. But as you mentioned, it's a two-pronged thing where, like when I talked with the SBA guy, the lawyer, he mm-hmm. has sat into a lot of the meetings. And there are many big, big money corporations that are involved yeah. in this that are pushing it for their own benefit because, you know, really it would, it would, drama- it would save them a lot of money and time. Like, for example – the people that use drones to be able to inspect power lines or railroads mm-hmm. or um, like we have a, a large dam here that's probably 15 miles from me, 12, 15 miles, something like that. You know, they use that for inspections and whatever. Right. Um, you know, it would save them a lot of money. They'd have to spend the money up front. But as far as fees and permits and things like that, they would be much better off and could basically fly wherever and whenever they wanted to if this regulation passed. 
Sure. So it's a it's a two pronged thing of them really pushing it dollar wise on the big company side and the Amazons and all like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and then the negative side. So you've got the positive side of them pushing you know how much this will help, yeah. and then on the negative side of you know look at all these bad people that's flying a DJI over the Super Bowl or whatever it is. Right. Right. Um, so it's 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 both sides which ends up being a challenge and and you're right you know again this lawyer was talking about sitting in the meetings and he as well he had no clue what we do or how they work or Mm -hmm. i mean i i was easily on the phone with an an hour from him with him and trying to go through a description of how we build these and and how we Mm -hmm. put them together and okay we crash it and now we replace the boom and the landing gear and the head and this and that, whatever. Is that a new unit that we have to re-register or is that the same right, one? Right. Or be, right. do we take it out of service because we crash the airframe? So it's a rekit. So what, you know, how does this work? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was kind of like, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and rightly so. I mean, nobody knows the way it's written. It's, it's, it's really ambiguous. They don't understand how our hobby works. So therefore there's no way for them mm-hmm. to legislate it properly. Right. Um, exactly. So the, yeah, it's, it, it's a big problem. I was thinking this thing earlier as I was driving and it was like, you know, in my mind, it could easily be solved in a couple of ways. Uh, you know, line of sight versus FPV. There, make a differentiation between them both and and tell a cop this is what an airplane looks like this is what a helicopter looks like and this is what a drone looks like you know because it's normally the drones that uh are flying around that that people are calling on i mean people most of the i mean unless you're a guy in a park flying an airplane you're at an ama field and you're flying with your buddies and you're having a good time and most of the people will know yeah, where I those was, fields uh, are I was, I agree with you. I was talking with Burt Cameron earlier today and he brought up as well that same thing of, you know, uh, a line of sight. But the second thing being, if it doesn't have a camera or it doesn't have GPS, then, and we stay within line of sight, then that should be exempted. And that would be, I'm sure there, we'd have to think about it to see if there's any loopholes in there. But in general, that would cover a lot of it. Yeah. That would cover a majority, big portion of it. It would cover a big portion. It would cover, more importantly, it would cover the hobbyists to do what we're, we've been doing for, you know, generations, you and know, for because decades. Because the commercial aspect of it, nobody's, t- I mean, other than, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Watts or, or one of those guys, they're not taking a, a giant helicopter and doing anything commercial with it or a giant plane and doing anything really commercial with it. It's the drone aspect that no. they're taking, putting cameras on and doing, you know, surveys and real estate type things and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the only exception that I know of is there's a, there's some large RC helicopters and a line manufacturers, a couple of them, and there's some other manufacturers that do. Um, um, my mind's just fried. What's the, spring, the, uh, the, the crop spring? I've seen videos of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah in Japan they do. I think that's Japan. That, it, it's a 3D machine that had two motors and that Alex was flying it a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, Velos. Oh, yeah, yeah Velos. Velos. They, I think they may be, and I may be wrong on this, but I think they were working on a, a mm-hmm, you know, an industrial ship. Is that for that as Gowie, well? Gowie, I think Gowie has one. A line has built a couple. Those would be yeah. the exceptions to the rule, but yeah. 
they're large enough and they have the GPS capability and all that built in that they would be similar to the drone situation that they would already have the technology built into that, that they could be tied in and it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. So, you know, you know, they, they would be helicopters that would fit into that definition, but they're already equipped with the, you know, the, the equipment the technology. needed. Technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're normally flying over uh, some kind of field, spraying relatively low, low to the ground right. within a hundred feet. Right. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're the type of uh, machines that would be an, an automated flight plan type scenario. Yeah, waypoint. You program in a, a flight plan, it push a button, it goes, does it, comes back. It's uh, like automated. GPS waypoint. Yes, yep. exactly. Yep. Uh, well, hopefully anyone and everyone who's listened to this podcast and any of our shows have been going online. And, um, you know, commenting on this proposed rulemaking yeah. and making sure that, you know, people convey their feelings and emotions that the stuff that we fly is not the same stuff you're trying to categorize us under and restrict us. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way yeah, it is just, now. Yeah. It's very devastating. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of it falls on the manufacturers won't even be able to mm-hmm. sell. Yeah. Components Correct. and machines that, that are not compliant. Right. Which is a huge problem, too. And when you talk to the people, a large part of that, I think, is the education part, as I mentioned. The people that mm-hmm. I've spoken with and the higher ups, they just don't have a clue anything about how we work. So it's not just saying, hey, we don't like this. This is going to affect us. Well, how is it going to affect you? Why Why are we different? And, and help to educate. Right. Because once they, once you educate and they understand, you know, they're – they're sympathetic to our plight, and I don't. I don't think the majority of those people are are um, consciously trying to kill the RC hobby industry. They yeah. just don't understand. So yeah, the, op- the opportunities you get for education, take those as well. Not just send a letter and say, "Hey, this is bad," but talk to people and help to educate. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, let's see. So that's FA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of mentioned this too. <clears throat> so I know with with recent tariffs and just just we'll call them China issues or just issues from the Far East. Um, yeah. With tariffs, you know, manufacturing getting shut down by the government because of the coronavirus spread, um, yeah. and just overall cloning. We want to kind of get your your take on all three of those. Okay. Well, um, it, it's already had a, a pretty big effect so far. Um, this year, you know, Chinese New Year was a little different time period mm-hmm. this year than it was. And then they extended some of the vacation. And for those of you that aren't aware, Chinese New Year is different than what we do here. Oh, it's humongous out there. Yeah. Basically, the country shuts down. Um, yep. You know, businesses shut down. Even some of the transit shuts down. They don't do anything. They just they have a New Year celebration and there's no work going on at all. So, <clears throat> um Normally, companies in the U.S., like, for example, let's say a manufacturer that has kits manufactured in in China or uh, and, you know, a lot of these companies, you think, well, I've heard that uh, company XYZ is manufactured in Vietnam, so they're not going to be affected or they're in Taiwan or they're in wherever it is. Mm, Okay. well, (laughs) here's here's the thing. Yeah, Um, there are a lot of subcomponents that. A servo may be made in in a certain country that's technically not China, but they may have subcomponents that are manufactured in China. 
Right. In a helicopter, for example, you may have bearings that are made in China or you may have, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And those are required to be able to make this kit. And when you have um, normally they plan for situations like this where, OK, I know Chinese New Year is going to be then I have to pre-order here to make sure I have enough to make me through this time period when I can't get parts. And then once they get on the other side, we're good to go. Well. It didn't work that way this year. Um, First of all, Chinese New Year was earlier. It lasted longer. And then right after that, the the coronavirus hit. So there are companies that are still um, shut down now because of the coronavirus. Um, I did hear today that um, one of the companies that I deal with, it's one of the manufacturers, did open back up yesterday. But there is still an effect now, the coronavirus, and it will still be ongoing. I talked with some folks um, end of last week, I guess it was, you know, a lot of what we hear on the news, you got to question the validity of some of the numbers coming out of China because of the way they do things. And they want to report um, they want everything to be good and they, they're about to handle on it and all this. But even now, I think, you know, the numbers are over 75,000 cases now with over 2000 deaths and they don't really have any kind of a handle on it as far as, Okay, but we have a a antidote now and we feel like, you know, it's going to be over with in in a month or this or that. They have no idea. So the impact this this is having from from an economic standpoint is huge to China. uh, And and that's obviously a bigger deal to the people there. But it's it Mm -hmm. can be potentially very big to the hobby industry because a lot of our things come from China or, again, sub sub components come from China. Yep. That at some point the parts dry up and you can't, you don't have them, can't get any more until the manufacturer starts producing. And then you have a situation recently, uh, several things that I've ordered that have come through U.S. Customs. Customs has been more particular lately, in my opinion, and I'm not sure why this is. I don't know if it's uh, the virus or other things they're looking for. But like, for example, I had a shipment of blades come in that um, they opened the box and went through individual boxes of blades, not just, you know, they, they went through blade boxes and opened the individual blade boxes oh, no. in the whole ship. Wow. Um, that's and weird. that's unusual. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a shipment of ESCs come in from Germany, and they opened that and, and went through those boxes. So huh. um, I, I don't know why that is in every case, but I know that there has been some cracking down on imports coming from those countries relative to animals and fruit and all kinds of things like that mm-hmm. because of the coronavirus. So, um, yeah, it's there's that's a negative impact. It's continuing there, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but, I mean, we really don't know. We can't foresee the end of that right now. Right. Yeah, there's some scary stuff. I wonder why they would look through boxes, though. Was it relative to the to uh, the? No, these. No, I'll tell you, it was with spin blades. So these were coming from Germany, and uh, went through U.S. Customs, and um, they there were the way they're packaged, the way spin blades are packaged, they're not like funky blades where you have yeah. a clear, you have a cardboard backer, and then you have a clear um, piece over the top of them. These are actually, uh, you know, a cardboard, cardboard box, and then yep. they're they're wrapped in foam and they're wrapped a particular way. And of course the people that were opening the boxes and went back through them, 
um, you know, I contacted Mark to make sure, and of course they weren't doing anything weird, but when I got them, I knew from the way the boxes look that they had special tape on them that said, uh, inspected by us customs or something like that. But when I th- went through, I could see in individual boxes that they weren't wrapped correctly. And I had yeah. to go back through them and rewrap them and stick them in the box and oh, stuff geez. like that. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, there's, you know, back to the coronavirus thing. It's, it's a definite concern. Um, you know, let's go back to the business part of it again. You know, yeah. it's a concern for you guys because you may not be able to get parts. From right. our standpoint, if we don't have stock, we can't sell it. So therefore, we can't make money. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's bad for you. It's bad for us. If we can't make money, um, you know, long term, how long can you do this? And, and right. not. It, you, you know, your margin's already low to begin with. So if you can't meet the volume that you need to be able to get your, your sales targets, to be able to maintain your business, then at some point you've got to either inject money personally into the business mm-hmm. or make a decision on, you know, I've got to bring in some other kind of, I got to expand the business to be some other kind of products or, you know, there's, there's a zillion ways to look at it, but you have to do something else other than the yeah. status quo. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not sustainable on its own like that. Yeah. It's bad for the hobby in general. Mm-hmm. It is. It, I'm, I'm, and a lot of that is timing, unfortunately, because, you know, mm-hmm. we've been hit with this all at one time. Right. Because, right. you know, January, February is traditionally a, a slow months for the hobby anyway, just because it's, you know, first of the year, it's cold. It's, you know, a lot of people don't want to go outside and fly. Um, they're just kind of getting over the end of the year. People are just getting geared up, getting ready for flying season later on. So, uh, January, February generally is slow anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. it's more so this year because of multiple factors. And we don't know all those. We know, you know, coronavirus is is part of that. The tariffs are part of that. Is the FAA part of that? I, I don't know. Um, possible, but, I think we've kind of got a perfect storm situation here in a negative way that all this is compounding to, to bring challenges right this time. And I don't, I don't want to paint the picture that, Hey, you know, this is, we're all going down and we're never going to get out of this, but it is a legitimate business concern that I know several people in the industry are looking at mm-hmm. and you know, evaluating to say, okay, what do we need to do to try to prevent this in the future to try to work around or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely bad timing because I feel like everybody knows that we'll call it RC flight, helis, planes, whatever. It's kind of been in a slump for the last couple of years, but I sort of feel like it's been on an uptick, kind of headed up. And I then agree. all this stuff hits, it just kind of knocks it right back down. It's yeah. really difficult. Yeah, I felt like Urcha the past couple of years, and particularly this last year, um, I think Urcha had was this was the closest Urcha that I can recall being to the uh, small fun fly feel like like mm-hmm. uh, spring fling for example. You know, spring fling is a big event, 125 pilots or whatever it is, but yet it's got that down home fun feel. And I, I feel like Urcha this year was very close to that, and there was more people there and yes. more comfortable fun. And I felt like there was an uptick, you know, even from, you know, year before. Yeah. Attendance Um, was up. Yeah. So I I agreed with you. I I think in general, we were seeing it go up. 
um, how this is going to impact, particularly with the FAA side, you know, only Lord knows. Yeah. Yeah. That worries me too long term. I'm afraid that it's going to get so expensive and annoying with all the regulations and this and that, that some people are just going to say, screw that. I'm going to go, you know, do something else, Mm -hmm. play video games or get into motorcycles or, you know, something other than RC flight, because it's just, yeah, it just gets too annoying. you just reminded me of something that you had asked about uh, clones too, and I forgot about that. That brought up a point. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing from the um, from the business side, and you mentioned being too expensive, I, I see more people asking or trying to uh, purchase helicopters that are a little more on the less expensive side, both from a crash mark, crash standpoint, mm-hmm. and in general, I see more emphasis on that now than maybe I have in the past. And even to the point that I'm seeing um, a fair amount of interest or what about this or that relative to clones. And uh, personally, I I feel like clones are uh, uh, obviously it's, it's intellectual theft and there's, there's some serious problems with that. But the other issue that comes into play is a lot of cases you don't, one of the main thing is you don't have U.S. support for those. So if you have mm-hmm. a newbie that gets flown, um, who are they going to contact when they have problems with it? And so they get discouraged and they're, they're starting with this clone anyway, because it's less expensive because of the issues that you brought up. So now they get this mm-hmm. helicopter. That's a clone that there's no U.S. distributor for. They bought it off of Amazon or Banggood or eBay or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So they have a problem and they get frustrated because yeah, the quality of it's not as good. You know, if even if if they can fly it okay, they have an issue and they need some help, and there's no U.S. support, and so uh, clones are a problem for many ways, not just intellectual property issues, but also the U.S. support issues that long term are a problem for the hobby. Yeah, um, yeah. Because when a, when a pilot doesn't have support, I mean, you guys know it from somebody that tries to fly helicopters and they don't have support either through uh, Facebook page, the hangout or their mm-hmm. uh, local field or whatever it is, they're probably not going to stay in it long. If they're the, you know, they're the only person that flies helicopters at their field. If they keep flying and keep flying and keep flying, you know, yay for them. That, that's, that's not a normal thing. Most people, yeah. you know, that dies off after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of odds against you at that point. Yeah, and yep. you know, and we all know flying helicopters is not the easiest discipline in RC flight. So it's like and very discouraging, very easy. Right, right. Yeah, but they can yeah. give up and be out of the hobby before they even got started. Really, right. Yeah, right. So that that's another reason that a lot of people don't talk about why clones mm-hmm. are an issue is because of damage to newbies in the hobby and yeah. the lack of best support that they have. Yeah, and then you know. The folks online and stuff, you know, that are there to help often are, you know, will shun the person out because they're like, I need to help with this double 380, right? And people are like, well, that's a clone. I'm not helping you, you know? And then they're like, well, what a dick. I'm going to forget this hobby. I don't need this anymore. You know, I don't need people treating me like this. And and it'll drop people quicker than a clone would, you know, just, just because they can't get help or people treat them wrong. So... You know, and that's that's goes back to the same comment I mentioned earlier. Part of that is education that 
I understand yeah. why people feel that way, but mm-hmm. you know, you, the, the person that's a newbie that buys that clone, they don't know any better. You, know, right. you, you have to help them with education for them to understand. Yes. I, I, I can't really shoot at the, you know, if, if you got somebody that's been in the hobby for 20 years and they've got, you know, multiple other of all these other good brands and then they want to turn around and buy three or four clones. Yeah. I, I would have a hard time with that. And I would sure. them and say, why do you do that? But a newbie that's just coming up that doesn't know any better. That's, yep. that's our responsibility to a degree yes. to help educate them. And that, they don't, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where us, all three of us, well, four of us, I feel like came down on the clone stuff is, if somebody doesn't know any better and they, they've got one, help them out and get it flying, but explain that why maybe that's not the best. And this other one, you know, the, the, you know, the manufacturer it was copied from is better for these reasons and stuff, but help them out. Don't just completely shun them and, and push them away. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And thankfully I haven't ever seen other than the 450 you know, align stuff. I really haven't seen a devil 380 in person or any of the other stuff. Uh, I have, I've seen them at fun flies. I've never seen yeah. one. Point yeah. one out next time. So I can see one. Okay. Point it out. So you can go over and but, kick it. So I can say, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the blade thing. Uh, I will, I really want to do a video on this um, and need to do it, but, I've seen that too, and I, we're kind of sidetracked here. But uh, you guys have done been sidetracked a bunch of That's times. That's cool. So yeah. No, we never get <laughs> sidetracked. You, you know, you, you mentioned the uh, the blade thing. We started the whole reason why I have this crazy business pulling a thirty foot trailer with toy helicopters around mm-hmm. and spending money that I don't have to go to all these events is because we started with a little blade MCX. Yep, and. I, I have that MCX that has a couple of new parts on it, but it still flies. Nice. And we went through the blade MCX to the MSR to the MCPX to a 120 mm-hmm. SR to a 453 D or whatever. Yeah. And you know, that's, that got us hooked. I can remember just as vividly as I'm sitting here in my back driveway, spooling up a 453D fly bar helicopter and hovering it like four or five feet mm-hmm. uh, off the ground and thinking, my heart going 900 miles an hour. This uh-huh. is huge this yeah, this thing's huge. It's so it's scary. It's so big. It's so loud. <laughs> and, yep. uh, you know, that was, we started out that way just like everybody else did. So mm. long story short, you know, that's the other thing I've seen is people shoot at folks that are, in that intro blade helicopter for lack of yeah, a better I've seen that category. too. You know, I, I'm not going to say all of us started that way, but pretty much all of us started that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot you know, of we, us. Need, mm-hmm. we need to help those guys out and continue Absolutely. to bring them on because, you know, those people could be the next, um, you know, top, whoever top 3D pilots, you know? Yeah. It's really interesting that you brought that up because, I would think like when I first got in the hobby and, you know, it's like, yeah, a fly blade, whatever. It, it would kind of, I don't know, people were like, oh, you should get a real heli and this and that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe eventually when I'm ready. Um, but I, f- I don't feel like that anymore. I feel like more people are okay with blade helis because I think it's that sense well, of like, you know. They've also gotten way better. 
Yeah, yeah, that too, of course. Yeah, it's not a 130X anymore. That that thing was, oh my God. But yeah, so I think that definitely helped. Um, I mean, their heli's got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a 230 or a whatever, some 250 CFX. I mean, yeah. that's a long way from the old Blade SR and CP yeah. and all those. Even, even at the chill out, I, I got a chance to fly the, uh, the MCPX mm-hmm. BL2, yeah, the, the new one. Yeah. I, I got to say, I was pretty amazed that the tail didn't blow out after me just doing like, I don't know, a half pyro flip or something. I just, I expected everything to just go blah and go all over the place and fight it. And yeah, it did know. pretty good in that 30 mile an hour yeah, wind. Even in that 30 <laughs> mile per hour wind where I was like fighting the wind. I, it's, I was like, whoa, this is still holding up. Did y'all see Justin Cook fly it? Oh, no. I mean, he can make dirt look yeah, good. Yeah, Justin, <laughs> Justin blew it. I don't remember whose it was, but it, it was blew. Ali's. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. It was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday when the wind was blowing so hard, and he was sitting over there, and he was messing with it, whatever, and, and Justin was standing there, and, and Ollie said, well, hey, uh, do you you want to fly this? And he, and he kind of, you know, Justin kind of quiet. He's well, okay. He said, well, yeah, okay, I'll fly it. And, uh, you know, he was – it wasn't past the flight line. He was just right there where the little benches are and in front yep. of the fire pit and all that, mm-hmm. and he just beat the dickens out of it. It could be the kind of thing where, you know, he'd beat it, and – and he'd have to throw it over, and then the head speed would drop, and he'd catch it. And then he'd beat it, and then the head speed would drop, and he'd catch <laughs> yeah. it. You know, but yeah, it, it did pretty good. <laughs> oh, I mean, the tail was holding really well, and that shocked me because most helis, most blade helis that size, like I have a Nano S two and a bunch of other ones, you know, and they the Nano CP they don't hold. Like I could blow out the tails just looking at it. So I was impressed. Made me want to actually get one. <laughs> um. I don't want to get into too much of the the weeds of like, you know, I, I'm sure you notice a drop in volumes and and things like that. Yeah, uh, let, let me let me just put it this way, guys. I, I don't want to, I don't want people to misunderstand and think that the world on the retail side of RC helicopters is all doom and gloom, and you know yeah. we trudge through this and all that. You know, if that was the case, I, I wouldn't be doing this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. We. Caleb and I love going to an, to an events. We, you know, we love bumping into people and my, my biggest challenge at an event, honestly, I mean, I want to help you and be there and sell parks and all that kind of stuff, but I'm torn back and forth. And I'm sure you guys can see this sometimes that I want to be there on the flight line, hanging out and watching everybody yeah. find all this, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I want to be back there helping and trying to you know sell to pay for all the stuff that I got to pay for mm-hmm. and all this. So it's, you know, it's kind of going back and forth, but uh, we I've talked about this with with several other uh, manufacturers, distributors that, it, you know, what how do you pick what events that you go to? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that we look at and evaluate and we do that all the time. And it, is it strictly a question of, OK, if I go to this event is 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 my ROI going to be such that at a minimum I'm going to break even um, to go to this event? And that's the contributing factor on whether or not we go to the event. Well, no, because, okay, you four guys, do you ever think about, okay, I need to break even if I go to this event? No. Well, of course not, because you're, you're not going there to make money. You're going there to find have fun. Well, Kevin and I are – RC heli enthusiasts, just like all of you guys are and everybody mm-hmm. listening. So we go to an event 
just because we won't go to an event as well as yes, we have a business and we need to try to, to sell things to, to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So your decision process cannot just be, okay, it's I'll only business, go to this yeah. event if I can break even or make money or whatever it is. <laughs> You'd right. never go to an event. No. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, some of the smaller events that we go to that, uh, you know, just to be frank, I lose money at between gas and food and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we we love going to and and are a break for us that we wouldn't dream of missing just because, you know, we we enjoy and have a good time. Yeah. So I, I don't want to paint the picture that um, you know, everything's doom and gloom. Yes, there are some challenges. There's things that we need to work out. But, you know, that's the way it is in everybody's life. I mean, you guys have challenges in your own jobs that are different from ours, Mm -hmm. but everybody has them. It's just, you know, we've articulated these maybe a little clearer than, than what yours are. Um, but we, we still love it. Um, we, we would like to do a whole lot more of it than what we get a chance to do and, um, want to keep driving down that road. So we, we appreciate everybody's support. You know, that's another thing that, and y'all, tell me to shut up so I quit rambling, but you know, I really appreciate the support of you guys as I say, customers, friends, however you want to term it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we can't stay in business without your support. And I, it's, it's humbling to us sometimes to know that, to, to feel the support that we get from you guys. And yes, we like to support the hobby in different ways, whether it be, going to events or providing raffles or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we get a lot back out of it because of the support that we get from you guys through different ways, not just from, from purchasing product, but you know, the, the way the coming in and the enjoyment we get from hanging out with you and, and the way that you, you know, something will pop up and you guys will help to push somebody our way or, yeah. Hey, Shannon's got this. How about check with him about that or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, uh, there's a lot of you that have been very supportive and I would greatly appreciate that. No, of course. And we, I'm, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but like, I, I mean, someone even asked me this question. It's like, Oh, why did you buy that? 7,001 server from Shannon when you can just buy it from BK. Like, you're on the team. You can just, you get a discount and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not about that. You know, like, it's not about like, oh, can I save some money here and there? Like, I don't care. I'll pay retail price if it helps you and your business to keep coming to these events because right. I mean, it doesn't matter if I need parts or not. I'm always going to buy something from you regardless because i want to ensure that you're always going to be at these fun flies and that you continue you know having your business and being successful because whatever if i spend 100 or 200 bucks here it doesn't mean too much to me but i'm sure it means a lot if everybody's spending that type of money with you at these events that like okay you know you've not only made it obviously you know your roi right which every time i I hear that i think a radio on the internet Damn you, Silicon Valley show. But um, you know, return on investment, right? Like, yeah. you know, you want to make sure that you, the, the fuel costs, your staying, your food, your whatever, you know, your, even the landing fee, all that stuff, it costs money. And that trailer and truck you have, it's big. That's it, not no thirty mile gallon truck that you can drive down the street and come back like and not even see the meter move. Like, no, you're you're burning a lot of fuel to get the thing. So I want, and I want everyone who who participates at these events to like 
show their appreciation, you know, maybe buy a little thing here and there, just even if they don't need it. It's not about that. It's not about you spending money per se. It's just that you're supporting a hobby and supporting Shannon and only fine alleys and stuff. So, and you're yeah, the guy that keeps place. us going, Shannon. Yeah. Sometimes a lot of times you're the only guy there. So mm-hmm. it's great. I mean, we, we would be lost without you. Well, we appreciate it. And like I say, you know, there's a lot of other, uh, dealers and businesses that are the same situation. That I know that feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, you, you're talking about, um, <laughs> keeping parts. Uh, I've, I've gave it, given the A-Main guys a hard time about this for a couple of years and I need to do this shirt. You know, there's, there's several of them that crash quite frequently and they'll remain nameless, but a couple of them know who they are. That they'll come oh, I know who they are. <laughs> and but yeah, let's they'll be constantly keep coming to me getting parts. And uh, I need to make up these shirts that says Team A-Main sponsored by Only Five Hellies. I've threatened that several times. And, and the two particular that I've, I thought I said, yeah, I'd wear that. I'd wear yeah, that. I know a couple guys that could use that. <laughs> I know a couple guys that wouldn't even care and be like, yeah, I'll rock that. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm sure Frank would not enjoy that, but hey. <laughs> no, he would laugh. It'd be fine. Um, yeah. yeah I'll, and tell like, you, I'll tell you what, okay, I, what, ahead, I, what I've said to a few guys is, you know, uh, about we, I've talked to a few guys here and there about different things and going to events and stuff. And uh, I think I was talking to Kevin uh, Kynes, uh guy lives up here in jersey um yep. <clears throat> about like i've wanted the scorpion tools that i picked up from you at, at uh urcha i've wanted those for yep. a couple of years and just like was the right time and i you know i was like yeah let me get them here you know because i could support you and just grab them here and you know i, th- I thought it was a, a good deal and i've told kevin you know and other guys you know it's, it's a perfect opportunity to support a, a guy that's working hard for us and you know not doing it over over the internet you know something yeah. like that something like that you that you wanted for a while and you need you go to a big event like urcha have some money in your pocket you know and uh pick something up definitely yeah. Yeah. well i'll tell you that the biggest thing that's a disappointment to me and i'm just sharing my heart with you is i i wish i could bring more to events not not from me from a sales standpoint yes i'd like to sell more and yes i'd like to to have more sales but you know, there's both from a financial standpoint and from a space standpoint, there's only so much I can bring to certain events. Sure. And, you know, it happens. It happens many a time that, like, for example, for Chill Out, you know, I was ordering to make sure I was in stock for parts uh, for several different brands because I knew that, hey, I'm going to see those brands that are people going to order. <laughs> Inevitably, what happens is, you know, I get a bunch in, I try to make sure I'm stocked up, ready to go. And then as soon as I get that stuff in, of course, when I put it on the site, a lot of people that have given notifications, they'll get an email that, okay, this right here is back in stock or whatever. So as soon as I order this stuff, I'll get 52 orders for what I just got. (laughs) Yeah. That, you know, it it all ships out before I ever get there. But the, honestly, the, the biggest thing that I wish I could do going to more events, I wish I had, more parts available for you guys again yes to make the sales but so i could satisfy your needs because i there's been a bunch of times when somebody's put something in i'm standing inside the trailer helping somebody else and you hear this boom and you stick your head out the door and oh no you know so-and-so's gone in and he comes in and on thursday he needs a boom and i only had uh yeah and he needs a boom and i only had two with me and they've already sold and this guy can't fly his helicopter the rest of the weekend yeah and that uh, I that's 
that's my biggest, that's the thing that I wish I could change somehow. Again, from a dollar standpoint, from a space standpoint, I'd love to bring a gazillion things so I could solve that for everybody. But yeah, that's just not the way the world works, unfortunately. Sure. No, I yeah. can see that. Like man to man, you want to help the guy out and it's not about the money at that point. You want to just ha- help him have a, a good event and have a good time. And I can see how that would, that would be a little disheartening for sure. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or whatever, but there's been multiple cases where we've had our own helicopters where we've had hanging on the wall that I know we don't have to fly them that weekend. Caleb's going to be flying something else that I'll take a part off of my helicopter to get somebody else running. And <coughs> excuse me. And I don't mind doing that at all. And I just turn around, you know, I'll get the part back in the following week when I get in, just stick it back on. Um, that's, I like to see people flying and having fun, and that's that's a big part of it as well. It's not just I, I get enjoyment of seeing you guys have enjoyment in flying. So that's one of the things you know. People come up to me and say, "Well, Shannon, do you ever fly?" Do you? Well, not very often for several reasons. One, you know, I'm enjoying everybody else, but the other thing is, you know, with Caleb in particular, if we get a chance to go fly, and those of you that have kids understand this, I'm sure you would rather help them and watch them fly than you fly. At least I would. Yeah. And uh, so the little bit that we get a chance to go fly, if we get a chance, um, I'm, I'm just as fine to sit there and watch him as I am, you know, for me to fly. And for a lot of people, even watching other people, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I enjoy, hmm. like I say, it's hard for me to stay inside the trailer sometimes. And y'all have to run around and catch me every once in a while from a park. Cause I'm watching, you know, whoever it is, you know, one of the Kyles or, you know, some crazy pilot or something. And I'm like standing there with my, you know, jaw wide open and mm-hmm. not paying attention to the trailer, but, uh, we enjoy it. We have fun. I think this year's show we should see center stage, a tandem with Caleb and <laughs> Shannon Turner. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting. You, you can be just interesting. go out. You can just go out there and hover, and he can just three D. Oh, all he will just you. go, yeah, do some dismounting autos uh, and all are, this stuff. <laughs> if you talk to the right people, there are people that have seen me fly at a fun fly. Mm-hmm. You have you have to find them, but there are people that have seen me fly. <laughs> nice. I think there's a photograph of it on Facebook somewhere that maybe Dan <laughs> really? posted, if I remember correctly. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. At Fredericksburg one year. Oh boy! So it, it does actually happen. I think it was a picture of a Polaroid, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a Polaroid. <laughs> no, sir. It was. It, it was a derogatite. You know, the old kind that's kind of black and white. Which <laughs> it's, it's a glass plate. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the helicopter was really blurry because you know you have to hold still in it. Sure, you can hold still for ten seconds. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was just hovering so they could get the the helicopter sharp enough so you could tell what it was. The flash yeah. the flash bulb was gunpowder. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> nice. Awesome. <laughs> so, your story of the the guy coming in the shop with the sim gave me an idea, Shannon. We got to get right. a sim hooked up in the trailer and maybe a um, stick mover or something, and we're going to get Caleb to give three D lessons. Well, actually, I brought the sim to, was it uh, Mowdown last year? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, th- I think it was Mowdown. 
and I brought a, a large screen TV and the sim to, uh, it rained. I, I think it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was mowed down. Um, and where else was it? It was like three or four of them at the end of the year I brought it. Yeah. And a few people used it a little bit and Caleb did that and, you know, showed a couple of people things. But um, I think it's hard to compete when you're out there on the flight line and you're actually flying real things. It, it, it saw more use at night than anything else. People come up and mess with it. Um, but it, it didn't get as much use as what I thought it would. Mm, okay. Well, we didn't advertise it. You, you got to <laughs> advertise. Well, if you you could figure out a way, Caleb's <laughs> looking to make you know make some money to be able to raise. Yeah, give him a tip jar stuff. there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You know, just like back in the day with the pianos, you know, yeah. a little jar there. Don't forget to tip your waitress on your way out too. Yeah. It doesn't look as cool though now that he's. I mean, he's still only fourteen, but he's. He's 190 pounds and six foot six one, so wears a size 13 shoe. So it doesn't look quite as cool as when he was nine years old. And yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we move it on to the next segment then? Or does anyone have any other questions for Shannon? No, I just want to tell Shannon thanks for everything personally you've done for me. I know I've talked about it every now and then on the show about how, you know, uh, if there's something you don't have, you immediately write me a personal note in the shipping. And I think that you did that before you even knew who I was or knew about the podcast or anything. And just, uh, you know, the time I went to Fredericksburg and you were like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why'd you pay for shipping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and brought the stuff. So thanks, man. Thanks for helping well, me out personally. Like I say, we, that, we enjoy that part of it and getting to know the folks. And it's neat when, when I get an order and I know who it is. Um, it's, it's kind of like somebody saying, even if, and a lot of people will put notes, you know, in the comment section or something like that. But even if not, it's kind of like I get an order. It's like somebody saying, Hey, you know, it's, it's like getting a call and I don't know, it's, it's, uh, you know, kicking the rear end in a positive way and, and kind of encouragement and right. we just, we, I appreciate it. Yeah. No, nice. for sure. Okay, uh, I guess let's move it to the next thing. What do we have here? The Planker segment. <laughs> Holy cow. 20 episodes of this stupid shit. Can you believe it? <laughs> the best thing I can try and do is to forget about the first 19 and do it right <laughs> for a change. I don't know what we're doing today. What are we doing Oh, we got a a repeat section or a blast from the past thing. Uh, let's see. We've got. Hold on. Now we've got email from Ian Joel, and his question. He wants to know. Well, he wants to know if we can handle a Gray Eagle Junior um, <laughs> soliloquy while high. I don't know. You know what? We're gonna try. All right. So first thing we got to do is we got to get we got to get stoned. All right. So let's get going on that. <laughs> let's get going on that. <laughs> oh God, that's good. All right. So you know what? While I'm working on this. You know what, then? 
while I'm working on this, why don't you guys listen to something? And here's, uh, I don't know, here's an old planker. Let's repeat a planker. Plankity plank plank. Hey, Kevin. Mike. I heard your message, man. What? What's up? I'm getting out of the hobby. Selling all my stuff. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I called you. That's how my brain works. I'm a mess. <laughs> what about, oh, I mean, what about the podcast? Don't those guys, those guys, those guys need you, don't they? That's a load of shit. <laughs> did you talk to Steve about this? What did he say? You can do a half hour show on your own. How about if I come over there and give you a rub and a tug? Does that make you feel better? Go ahead. Do whatever you got to do, doing whatever you feel like. Come on, dude. Don't be, don't be a baby. How many times have you left a hobby before? 173. Dude, you're <laughs> fucked in the head. Yeah, yeah. I say a lot of stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. Balls, balls. How about I send you over a nice big blow-up doll? Would that do it for you? Nice. All right, so you're going to be okay, dude? Because I got a message from your wife. She said you weren't bathing, you weren't eating, you were, you know, using adult diapers and shitting all over the place. I freaking love it. I stunk up the whole house. All right, now listen, brother. Get your shit together because we got to do this uh, podcast, you know, the Planker interview. I'm going to be calling you tonight. Oh, boy. I forgot all about that one. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh. <laughs> hey, guys. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're all geared up and ready to go for the... Gray Eagle Jr. Wow, it looks weird when you see it written down. It looks like Gray Eagle G-R-E-Y-E-A-G-E-G-L-E-I-E-J-R. What? Gray Eagle <laughs> Maybe that's not real, really Gray Eagle Jr. It's Gray I think that's what it really says. Gray Eagle <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Uh, of all things of sense lacking spoken of verbiage, you know, man, I need... I, I got a munchie. <laughs> hey, do we have any Snickers over there? How about a uh, Little Debbie? Got any Little Debbie over there? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right, hold on. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what I'm laughing at. <laughs> Lightweight. <laughs> oh, man. You ever really look at your hands? Look at these hands. Hands, man, they they can touch anything but but themselves. That's amazing. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for calling Freefall RC Podcast. We don't answer the phone. We're too important to do such things. 
<laughs> Please press one if you found underwear on your front lawn that say Freefall RC. <laughs> However, if they have weight racing stripes, please discard of them immediately. Oh, man. Press two <laughs> to get an appointment for the Andy Ross beard trimming glass. Please press three to visit the Steve Yun Heli Fuel Tank Farm. Open weekdays 9 to 3. Please press 4. If Kevin is standing at your front door, ask him for dry socks. Please press 5. If the first four choices suck ass, and this is a lot of bullshit. <laughs> uh, um, I'm looking for one of the... Three amigo guys. <laughs> wait. Wait, what? Wait. Hello? 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 Okay, listen to me. This is IX3313. The pl 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 Planker wants you to send in your emails about any subject you would to be plankerized. Yes, that, 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 that's a word now. Product reviews or any other person or thing you would like the Planker to get into. Send your email to Shooter Training. That's one word. Shooter Training. At gmail.com. And that's it. All right, <laughs> there you have it. The shooter wow, training was... at dot 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 com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> let's move it on to news and announcements. Okay, news and uh, announcements. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so, what do we got? You screwed up, Andy. Well, I waited, but. He was so slow on the take. See, I wasn't sure if he remembered again. Dude, we just northernized you, man. You can't wait oh, for another southern southern human being. <laughs> oh man, you've been hanging out uh, with us too long. I know, man. Has <laughs> Andy oh, ever talked fast? Well, he's talking faster now. He couldn't wait for George. I'm a little faster. <laughs> oh boy! Next thing you'll be swatting at bugs, <laughs> like us guys do up here. 
if he was if he was swatting at fire, it would look like he was underwater or in a Matrix movie. <laughs> 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 oh, damn, Drake is on a roll today, huh? <laughs> so the only the only thing I wrote in news and announcements was that we missed the Lebanon swap meet again. What was that? It was the fourteenth. God, they should advertise that thing some more. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. Talked about if there it. was only a place you could check. <laughs> I didn't know. No, I, I knew we've been wanting to go to it, but I didn't see any type of like thing on Facebook or anything. I, I didn't know when it was. I just did a search for Lebanon Swap Meet 2020 mm. and came up with the date. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah, I would have bought sucks. more useless stuff. That's fine. I might might have found another rare bear there, but then I wouldn't have known how great it flew because I flew it the same weekend. So <laughs> exactly right, you might not have yeah. bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say be sure if you haven't written any comments to be sure and write some comments to the FAA. Actually, if you've already yeah. written some, do some more. Yes, I got I got to do another. It's run. So important. Yeah, like really, really important. Hopefully, some of the stuff they'll change or amend. Because the way it's written now, it's pretty much death for the hobby. It yeah. really is. It really it's is. So but between the the fields being shut down and the transmission devices and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and restriction on the manufacturers where they won't even be able to provide stuff, there won't even be stuff to buy. Right. Outside of like big commercial top drones or DJI. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you though, the guys on Facebook on on the Heli Hangout and just some of the friends I have are posting hilarious stuff though that that it's just like duh it's like common sense stuff that you're like oh you want want to see my flight plan this is it <laughs> oh yeah 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 and i see those I, I, a few <laughs> of them have just been hysterical man yeah <laughs> i like the one it's like my flight plan of a 700 all you see is just circles <laughs> scribbled on the on the field it's like yeah that's where it, it goes up and then 20 feet away goes back down and hits the ground yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, awesome what else we got anything else should we move it on to what's next for you in the hobby we can move it on yes I actually want to see what's next for Shannon in the hobby and more specifically which is a question I should have asked during the main topic is what's where where are we going to see Shannon and only find Heli next what's kind of the next fun flies that you're going to be hitting up well, I'm <clears throat> not positive about Birmingham, but that's what I'm hoping to be able to work out. That's mm-hmm. uh, March 20th through the 22nd. And okay. before I forget it, uh, for those of you, you're talking about events that uh, I know there's several places you can get it. But on mm-hmm. my website, Only Find Helis, on the top of the main page to the right, there's a section called events. And yep. if you click on that, I try to keep up with heli events that people provide to me and dates. If those of you that are looking for events to go to. But also, if you know of events that are not posted, please contact me. Let me know so I can stick those up there as kind of a service and a help to everybody. But um, back to the question, um, I'm hoping to work Birmingham. Uh, definitely going to uh, Huntsville, uh, okay. April 24th through 26th. Mm-hmm. And then Spring Fling is the very next weekend. And then Heli Domination is the middle of May. And then, uh, let's see, I think... I don't think I'm going to be able to make Sensi Smackdown. Uh, doesn't look like uh, looks like we're going to have conflicts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one somewhere in there that I can't recall. Dragonfly is like the end of June, I think. 28th, I believe. 
Yep. And probably try to go there. And then there's this little one in Indiana called Urcha that we might go to. Okay. And after that, I'm not sure. We got Modown, Extravaganza. There's some smaller ones. Uh, RCHO's got another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been trying to get, <coughs> excuse me, to torches for Winter Bash for years, and it just has always been conflicting. But yeah. I love to do that. But likelihood we'll have another content conflict this year. But um, that's where we're going right now. Looks like it. So probably. Birmingham and uh, Huntsville, so back-to-back Alabama trips, and then spring fling right after that. Awesome. Wow. Great. I wanted to ask, Shannon, how many uh, events do you hit a year on the average? Including smaller things, probably 12 to 15, something like that. Wow, that's a lot. Wow. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, and some of those are, you know, one-day events or something like that, a couple of them, but the majority of them are at least Friday, Saturday, and then certainly, like, um, spring fling and uh, mow down and um, extravaganza and stuff like that are three to four days, and then Urcha were there all week, of course. Wow! Nice. And the family, those of you that haven't met uh, my daughter and wife, they always mm-hmm. come with us to Urcha and hang out, and they enjoy yep. going and helping us and mm-hmm. whatever. So, if um, you're at Urcha and you haven't ever met them, come say hi. Yeah, definitely. All right, who wants to go next? Mm, I can go. Sure, Andy. I'm going to try to get some flying in this week at some point. Probably take a look at this E5 I bought from Ray. See what all it needs. It was crashed, but it really doesn't look bad. I don't think it's going to need but a couple things. Yeah, it didn't look that bad when I looked at it. And I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with it, whether I'm going to try to get it flying or maybe just fix it up and sail it. I haven't decided, so I got to see. What it's size cool. is it in right now? Is it stretched? Uh, it's six hundred. Yeah, yeah. no, like six. Yeah, six something. Yeah, but he's he gave me a five fifty boom and a six hundred boom. Uh, but I have to come up with a motor and ESC and servos, so I don't know if I want to really deal with all yeah, that. I know somebody that could help you with that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah, getting the stuff's not the problem. It's paying for the stuff. And I don't really even know if I want a, I don't know. Well, I've I got go like back. 10 helis hanging here that I don't fly already. I go back so. to our previous conversation. If you're having trouble paying, I, I feel like the marijuana is much safer. <laughs> <than that. laughs> it's it's more with natural, you, at least, right? Yeah, with you doing all the farming and stuff like that, yeah, you just it in up. between the rows and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe that's what I need to put some down <laughs> on the river. Yeah. Well, he had that till it caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> then half the no county was stoned. No one is so slow to put the fire out. So, Andy, what, what you got to do next is open up a restaurant and then do Yeah, that. right next door. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All the deputies were standing downwind. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Just get some good burger place. It'll be fine. Took the fire apartment two days to get here. I can't figure out why. <laughs> but they're two right weeks. next door. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks for them to leave. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nope. Nah, I've got so many helis that I don't fly. Is kind of the problem. Yeah, how's your five five six? It's still in a pile. Barnstormers? Uh, it's still in the package. <laughs> so yes, you have plenty of things. To, I have plenty to, of things to do. To do yes. Still got to put the pinion in that gasser, by the way. 
Oh, you still haven't done <laughs> that opinion whiplash either. Weren't you doing <laughs> that on like episode 146? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was doing his lesser series. Yeah. Oh, and I got so. that uh, uh, plot test speed plane to build. What's it called? FT Racer. FT Racer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that Wait was a the problem that you guys you guys did that episode on the gassers versus nitro and, and electric yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And listen to that and think about the gas. And then Caleb flew, I think it was Scott Graham's probably gasser yeah. at yeah. Uh, Chill Out. And he came back with that expression on his face. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. We, Some we really end, good really good options in the works, too. Yeah, we may end up joining that crowd. I, I sent a message to Kerry Shirley talking about some stuff. So uh, yeah, he's got some, to try one of those, too. He's got some good ones coming down. They've yeah, started production on the Protos. Mm-hmm. conversion and he's got a kraken conversion coming and that's correct kinds of cool stuff wow yep 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 that's awesome so it's it's gasser's different than what it used to be it sure mm-hmm. is it's Absolutely. way different they they fly they fly <laughs> they fly good yeah, so yeah i mean awesome. it's, it's not electric but i mean Kale could do whatever he wanted to with it you know it, it sure. wasn't gonna be like running 2400 rpm with a kraken but any no. maneuver he could do with an electric, he can do with that. Mm-hmm. And they're so cheap to fly. Yeah. So cheap. Mm-hmm. And given that we hadn't put out that donation jar yet by the um, sim station, he may need to <laughs> find a way to fly cheaper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. Cool. Is that it, Andy? Uh, yep, that's for me. That's it for me. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Yeah, I want to finish off the Black Nitro build. Uh, get that going again. I got a birthday party this Saturday, so I'm I'm hoping you know I can get out on Sunday to go flying if the weather is nice enough and the wife doesn't have you know billion errands we need to run or anything. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of gonna be my week. Really, just, just really that's it. Just work on this Nitro, get this thing done, and hopefully go flying. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I'm going to probably try and get out there on Sunday as well. The weekend's supposed to be really nice either day. I think Sunday's supposed to be a little bit warmer. Oh, is it? Okay, great. Yeah. Good to know. So, I don't know. I'm going to definitely get out there and fly, man. I had a really good time last weekend. Yeah. It was good to see everybody. And, yeah, it's it just amazed. I was thinking about it all week, how amazing it was to fly that stupid plane. And, like, I got so much enjoyment out of it. It was freaking great. And, it, and it's amazing. Yeah, and it's amazing how like some stupid thing you buy to swap meet or the dumbest thing, you know, just gets you all like you get a lot of enjoyment out of it, you know, in the hobby. It's it's For cool. Sure. It's really it's really great. Can't wait to get out there again, have some fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about you, George? After I fix all the stuff I tore up Saturday, I need to. <laughs> 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 I was also doing some inverted FPV and. For other people wearing the goggles, I was flying line of sight, so it got a little out of hand. Oh, but um, oh boy, yeah. Then I've got a couple of those uh, row bands when we get put together and get some flight video of. Yeah, yeah, cool. Now, is this awesome. something you guys are doing every Friday? No. Okay. I do a couple of field threads on them over on Hobby Squat Motion RC's home forum. Okay. Keep them updated there. Probably on Tired Iron Aviation on Facebook as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a good setup you guys had. 
Okay. Shall we move it on? Do we have any voicemails? I didn't see any. Did you guys see any? No voicemails. I guess uh, it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. Let's go through the Facebook likes. We are at 981. That's plus six this week. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's but guess great. Where we are. But I'm getting nervous because we're getting close to a thousand. I know we are. <laughs> guess, guess how many followers we have now. I don't know. I know it's over a thousand. Yeah, we have a thousand twenty-one followers though. Wow. That's uh, amazing. Congrats! I can't believe. Yeah, thank you. I can't believe this many people actually follow us. Gosh, you know. All right, but we got six names. Let's uh, give them a quick shout out here. And I'm definitely gonna butcher some of these names. So <coughs> let's cue the music. We have Darren BB. Zachary Waddell, Alex Fredrickson, Paul Carrera, it almost looks like Carrera, uh, Scott Anderson, and Anthony Hearn. Mr. Awesome. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, yes. <laughs> uh, awesome. Some of these folks I met at first time at the chat, so awesome. Thanks for liking our uh, Facebook page. So I got a question about this. How many more follows do you have than likes? It's about forty. Yeah, I'm counting forty. That's okay, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are following you just to see what happens, but they just really don't like you. Is that the way it works? Yeah, exactly. I think so. Yeah, actually, they if, like love hating us or something. If you know? I if that's the way it works, I think it would be a lot more people would just be following I thought us and not. Yeah, some us. of them accidentally locked us, but they didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like looking at a bad car wreck or something. Yeah. <laughs> you can't help but keep looking. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Damn, George, you are on a roll for sure. That's great, <laughs> dude. Then, then Bill Ann should have a ton of followers. Then. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were gonna make it through this episode without. Oh wait, no. Did we already make nope. fun of Bill Ann? This... No, we no. didn't. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for liking us and and following us. Uh, what do we have for Facebook comments? I just realized that was on me. I hope. Yes. Damn it, Kevin. And, and you got to go through all the ones from the Damn chill out man. there. Do I? You guys didn't do any of that? No. Oh, boy. So let's rewind it a bit. Well, on the last episode, 212, mm-hmm. they call me Clamps with Ray, with Random Ray is out. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a couple of comments on that. Um, one I think was posted by you, Steve, about do you think I should use the clamps in reference to the title of the episode? And speaking of Bill Ann, he said, this episode is awesome with all my favorite free fall hosts. I love Steve's, <laughs> Steve's retelling of the fun fly too. I think that's because I wasn't on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> so thanks, Bill. Uh, Ray Bacon said, Glad I got to meet another member of the Freefall RC crew. Great time at RCHO. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, I wish I could have made it. it. Just some things just aren't in the cards. But I did yeah. watch your video of your tandem flight, and I thought you guys did a great job, man. And I gotta say, I was talking to Steve this weekend, and I was like, I think the reason you guys got second place was because of Steve's DJ talents and mixing the song together and then Andy doing a blade stop. I mean, holy cow. Yeah, between those two, you can, yeah. 
It was very hard. Kib was very impressed with the blade stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was impressed. It, I landed. I was like, do, doing it. Uh, anybody can do a blade stop. It's just getting them back going again. Just pulling it back up is the tricky part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I was about to say, not everybody has a cojones to, to even try a blade stop, even if they can bail out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but our fifth Beatle, David Hill, he uh, commented on the video saying, uh, I thought the goal was to touch the skids once. Uh, I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> somebody bouncing the skids a few times. I don't know. No, touch the both Haley skids in air. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I posted nice guys. Um, but yeah, Steve, was it you that was taking a lot of the video? Cause man, I saw some great flights mm-hmm. uh, yeah, from took, that event. I took most of the live videos. Yeah. Yeah. I took all the videos. I did absolutely nothing. Well, no. You did blade stop. Did yeah, blade you did the blade stop. Well, <laughs> I'm counting like I did, eight, I did no nine, ten media. videos. You guys, you guys really killed it, man. And uh, there was some great flying going on down there. Looked a little yeah. chilly though, hence the name, chill out. Yeah. But that was it, man. I saw a lot of a lot of comments on the on the live feeds that you guys were throwing up. Yeah, man. But I got to see a picture of Andy. Looks like um, Monty, Kevin, and Steve from the. Uh, Monty from the Telerota guys mm-hmm. and Kevin from the Heliheads show. Yep. I yep. have that correct. Yep. yep. Standing in front of the only fine heli trailer. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys look like you need to either cut my grass or just get off my lawn. I don't know which <laughs> one. You guys look like you're ready to do some something. All yeah. right. So what's next, man? <laughs> All right. You guys see anything else? Uh, nah, that's cool. Let's move it on to website comments. Oh boy, website comments. So, uh, dude, Javier is a great guy, man. We kind of, uh, were ripping on him pretty good a couple episodes ago, and he was like, You guys kind of missed my whole point. <laughs> he got blinded on my views <laughs> of hating Nitro. He, he said, I, You did see that it was my, his personal view, and, uh, whoever does their own choice, uh, their own choice. Um, mm-hmm. he got it that our episode was about cost, but, uh, and, you know, he goes on to say that, you know, even though he hasn't flown a nitro or a gasser, he is, he does admit that he's taking, uh, you know, he's, he's talking that's coming from his own biased views of having only electronics and electric helis, but he, he emailed us a few times that was titled WTF two. And he said, you know, he's, he goes on to say t- to each his own and that kind of stuff. And, uh, he did send us another one. I don't know. Did you guys read this one where he copied what he sent to the FAA? No, I haven't read any of these. You know, with a guy like Javier out there, man, he says he's been emailing him or, or commenting several times. Uh, the, the one he sent us was his third one. So, uh, you know, dude, he's guys are out there, man. They're doing it. So, uh, awesome job, mm-hmm. Javier. Yeah, man. Getting those comments in. And he sent us a, email about the Matt Bodos Borientation Challenge. You guys uh-huh. heard of this? Yep. He has a friend on Helifreak who's not Bill Ann uh, that pointed him <laughs> towards the Matt Bodos uh, warm-up routine. So I can go over this real quick if you want. Uh, hover each of the four-point orientations for five seconds upright. Mm-hmm. Uh, two figure-eight circuits upright. All figure-eights must be flat, low, close, controlled as possible. Two figure eight circuits upright in the other direction. 
probably, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable turning one direction on to the right side, turn the other direction on, on the right side, kind of like reverse it mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, two figure eight circuits upright backwards in both directions, hover free four points of orientations for five seconds inverted. Two figure eight circuits forward both directions inverted. Uh, two figure eight circuits inverted backwards both directions. Pure will hover upright clockwise 10 seconds. Uh, on the spot, then travel left, right. All Puro hovers must be slow and controlled. Returning to sender after the traveling. Puro hover upright counterclockwise uh, for 10 seconds. Puro hover inverted clockwise. Puro hover counterclockwise. And do you want fries with that? I mean, <laughs> I can get about yeah. maybe through the third one. Once you get to, you know, I can't fly inverted backwards too good too controlled i wouldn't be able to do that part of it the rest of it i think i could probably handle uh you watch the video it's not as easy as it sounds <laughs> no but you know i think i'd try it in the sim first, first yeah yeah i mean definitely try it definitely learn it i think matt put out this video i don't know a while ago maybe a year or two years ago maybe even longer but yeah now he does he does all these different orientations and basically does that whole like um, all the orientation training and all figure eights and stuff like that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and with with the hovering and you know, the stationary pyro hovering hovering to help with like the orientation, like your muscle memory. Um, it's cool. I I wish I had the willpower and the dedication to do that. It's well, that's I, it. I start stemming and just go, yeah, I'm TikToking yeah. my right into the ground. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's we we all know about orientations and all that, and I got. I, I will forever go back to the conversation I had with Derek Chekis and Drew Robinson up at uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, Rochester a couple of years ago, Rochester, where yep. where they they explained I kind of I kind of knew that, but you know, uh, talking to those guys was really uh, instilled it in me to, to work on that. Kind of did, uh, and I know I got to do it, but you get bored. Your thumbs want to. Yeah. I always say my thumbs want to do something else. Yep. <laughs> you know. No, it happens. It happens often, you know. Yeah. And I feel like um I don't know, this this is personal for me, but like as I get older, I'd rather just just let me just keep what I have. <laughs> like let me keep what I have and keep flying. Like, you know. Uh, like I'll concentrate more on that than trying to learn like crazy new stuff. You know, I mean I might get there one day, but I'm not gonna stress out. And I'll stress myself you, out, you know. Dude, I found mixing it up a little bit, especially this weekend, by throwing a couple planes in and not uh I take the Oxy Five. I didn't even take the Six Ninety. Oxy Five. A couple of planes. Just go have fun. Do that. You know. Yeah, just fun. Don't, yeah. don't make it work so much. You know. Yeah. You know. I mean, it depends. If you want to make it work, make it work. But if yeah. you don't, then don't let anyone force you to make it work. Don't right. let anyone say, "Oh, you can't right. fly, so you should go back to your basics." Like, screw that. You fly. You fly the way you want to fly. I mean, just be safe about it. Be in control, and that's that's the only thing I would say is a constant. But beyond that, like. If you want to sit there and TikTok, tail down TikTok a whole pack, go do it. That's your hobby for you. Go do it. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, you and know? I don't know if other people find themselves in this position, but I find myself in where I'm putting it on myself. Like I'm like, oh, I got to take all the hellies. I got to fly them all, and you know that kind yeah, of yeah, right. So before yeah. you know it, you're kind of like making it work for you, for yourself, not that anybody yeah. else is doing it. Right. So step back sure. and just have a good time. Enjoy. <laughs> it's a hobby. Right. Yeah. Try flying every day for. For about three. Oh my god! I don't know how you did that. I don't know if you ever heard of that, Shannon. But George, 
How long was your record? Over three years. I think um, 1,150-some days. Consecutive days of flying. Outside. Outside. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's unfathomable. Like, oh, my God, how do you do that? You know? I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's a big relief, but it's also a big accomplishment that you did that, you know? Yeah, it's probably the the after the the 1150th day or whatever it was that you didn't do it was probably the worst day and the best day of your life. Is that the way it went? <laughs> yes, it was. It was kind of a rough day. Yeah, yeah. It almost killed him. It almost yeah. It almost yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying. Before George knew it, it was kind of like, oh crap, this is something I've got to try and keep up with. And, and then, yeah, yeah, it became became a job. Right. Yeah. And now yeah. he's having fun. Yeah, yeah, I still fly most days, but, you know, I, like we went out of town for a couple of nights not long ago and uh, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't have, have to worry about it. it. Yeah, I didn't, didn't take a heli or plane or anything. Nice. All right. Uh, let's see. That was website comments. People we pop? One, oh, wait, sorry. We had one more from Gray Eagle that we missed. Oh, did we? Back from earlier. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did one uh, Gray Eagle cooking <laughs> channel. Of his dirty ass microwave. Well, he sent, oh. a new, he sent a new pic, episode two of the Eagles Cook Up <laughs> Show. Cleaning okay. of waving mics for bone conducting. Yes. And it's a pic of the inside of a microwave with a plate. Clean. And it's clean. And he has oh a, a pair of scissors, a like a candle lighter, like the cigarette lighter with the long yeah. stem. Mm-hmm. And I can't see. The K bar. A K bar, yeah. So metal scissors and um, cigarette lighter—all good things to put in your microwave. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's a home lobotomy kit. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with that clone K bar there. It's an amen flame. Amen flame, and uh, yeah, good job on cleaning up the microwave, though. Yeah, that looks freaking brain spanking new. Awesome. Thanks, Gray Eagle. We shamed him into cleaning his microwave. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now, people of Podbean, what do we have? Uh, people of Podbean, we have a few things going on in the last yeah. couple of weeks. We have Sawat, which is Steve Wattenberg, our longtime listener. I think he was the, one of the first guys that ever started listening to us. Uh, mm-hmm. He liked episode uh, 210, Pay to Play. And there's a couple guys that started following us. Uh, MS Sebek, Dewey, uh, Luca, Willow RC Hangout, Sandman3279. They all started following us. Let's see what else we got here. Sawat so uh, liked episode swap to you drop. Uh, Gray Eagle Jr., Mike Welch, Joe Tunheim. Got to Tinker and Heli Man all liked episode 212. They call me Clamps with Random Ray. Nice. Which I wasn't on, and everybody liked it. So I think they're trying to tell me something. <laughs> no, just Bill. <laughs> Bill's the only one trying to tell you something. Well, Bill just told me that directly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, he wasn't trying. He did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Podbean comments. What do we have? So we're going to go back two weeks worth because we did not do any last mm-hmm. week all right uh muse 11 days ago 
says, ha ha, that was a hilarious Planker episode and overall a great episode. Keep it up, guys. Okay. And then 10 days ago, Travas. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's what it's spelled. Um, as far as Javier, he can't stand IC, hates his snowblower, etc. It's sorry, messy, etc., etc. Internal combustion. Yeah, yeah, internal combustion, hates snowblower, etc. It's, so- it's, it's sorry, messy, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, he does say that. He doesn't like fuel, 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 anything fuel, nitro, 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 hates nitro. Nitro hater, hater, <laughs> nitro. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Javier, make sure you understand. We are just joking around. Half the shit that comes out of my mouth, I'm not serious about. Uh, it's the okay, other move. half you got to worry about. Yes, this is the other <laughs> half. And this is Grey Goo Jr. four days ago. Okay. I don't know how to say this, but there's five exclamation points. <laughs> Sorry, six. I misread says stop inside bound bounding underway of eye hearing dr liver of theme creation strati strati the podcaster epic of notice where mandalori lie crediting is due what a nugget of truth not even existing dr hat man of fire i like facts just like rolling the dice of random ray of sunshine Brings stuff clamps, Dr. Robotic, creepy-looking, blue Sonic, the hog, hedge, grass clippings with two tails. Much appreciated and smoking. Amen, skid bump. The end. I didn't understand the beginning part. I like the, the whole ray of sunshine brings bright stuff clamp, Dr. I like that. Well, Dr. Liver's Kevin. Dr. Liver's Kevin. Dr. Hat, I know it's you. Theme but. creations. Stride-Eye, the Packcaster. Oh, the song. Kevin wrote the uh, song. Ah! He's impressed yes. by that. Yes. Oh, awesome. Yes, nice. That's exactly who I wrote it for. Someone as deranged <laughs> as Grey Eagle Jr. <laughs> no, thanks, what was dude. the one line in that song? It was like a, a chorus line or something that like it was kind of catchy, but it was like Oh, man, I forgot what the name, I forgot what it said. It was something like, "Don't do this or this" or something like that. And I was like, "Bill, Bill, Bill!" Like, don't you hate Bill, Bill, Bill? So I was like, "Oh, what the hell was the line?" The song's called "I Got Something for You." Oh, I got something for you, and then I, I would do Bill, Bill, Bill right after it. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I'll do an Easter egg at the end of the thing or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to redo the edit at least in normalization at the volume levels. Yeah, because you said some stuff was a little loud. It was very loud. Like oh. the Bill, Bill, Bill was <laughs> very I loud. When I put it in Audacity, Kevin, it was just everywhere that he cut something, it was just red clipping. It's just clipped. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, boy. I want to make sure that people heard Bill, 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 and, well, and sure Andy's thing. Well, yeah. in Steve's defense, he did do it in a truck while he was asleep. Yeah. Yes. Well, most of the edit, he did asleep. <laughs> like, I literally <laughs> fell asleep. I woke back up. I was like, Oh, I think I was adding a show song. Huh? Where was I? Okay, let me try this again. <laughs> yeah, oh, I wonder what Dan was thinking. <laughs> we just passed out next to him with my laptop on my lap. Yeah, with your hand on the keyboard, you just asleep. <laughs> yeah, Andy, he told me he fell asleep. He woke up. The podcast was edited, and his hard drive was defragged. He has no idea how that happened. <laughs> 
defrag. Wow, what a Windows term. <laughs> I'm a Windows kind of guy. Yeah, you are. Okay. Awesome. Okay, iTunes review. We you have, have anything for iTunes? Two iTunes mm-hmm. review. Drop the phone. Steve Hold up. Wait a minute. Yes. No, you're lying to me. No, we have two for 2020. Both wow. on the both on the same day. I don't know. Mm. Guys must have made some impact at the chill out or something. I don't know. Uh, one is from our very own Gray Eagle Jr. And it's called, oh it's called, this is going to be a tough one for me. It's called mm-hmm. a button of thumb BS or thumbs, but with an end. A button journey, a button of journey thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Migration? Should I appear here? Outside the beans and hill pods, oh boy, the furt of all that iTunes into your eyes, but ohs so much cereal. These folks are talking of legal, legit locomotive of ultra stick control informative. Listen for not disappoint in all caps. Uh, much to consume by learning. TikTok into greatness. Sermon seriously. Your utmost confusion fan. Gray Eagle Jr. Five stars. Nice. <laughs> I wonder what people are going to think about this show when they read that review. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is this again? RC podcast? What? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Gray Eagle. And the next one that we got uh, was from a guy called Cheesehead Planker, and it's titled Planker Review, and he says, Hey, now, uh, long-time listener, first-time reviewer, y'all are great, and that's the only way I'm ever going to say y'all. Y'all? Is written in a review. Nice. Kevin doesn't say that. Sorry, guys. Uh, So far, the most consistent RC flying podcast don't mind any of the planker bashing or 3D printing talk. I use a 3D printing for lots of things in the hobby, so don't stop. Great format, too. Love the bloopers. Nice. Five stars. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that thanks, great guys. Great uh, What you guys think of the bloopers from the last episode, the one that I edited in? What bloopers? There bloopers at few, the end. There was a few at the end, right? There was only four. I'm always afraid to listen to them. <laughs> oh no 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 none none bad. I thought it was fantastic because um, what was that guy's name? James. James comes on and he's like, "Oh, okay, are we live? No, okay, okay. Let me go get my headset." Yeah. Then what I do is I edit right in when he jumps on and he's like, "Hey, James, can you hear me?" And Andy's like, "What the shit?" I can't <laughs> yeah, it was really he's loud. Screaming, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're like, no. Everyone's like, no. You sound worse. You sound terrible. It was just hilarious because the first words out of Andy's mouth was like, "What the? <laughs> what the <laughs> shit?" Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. I forgot about that, man. Yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta edit those two together because they just they, because he he's like, okay, let me go get my headset. And then you know, in real life, it took like whatever. 15 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever he took to go get his headset. <laughs> but when he came back on, holy crap, it was so loud. Oh, my God, it was so hilarious. And George, you didn't listen to the bloopers where we were like, uh, where you were having trouble on getting into Skype. And we were like, I was like, doesn't he do this for a living? <laughs> yeah, that was the funny one, too. That's a couple of episodes ago again, right? I hope he doesn't. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh no, I heard that one. Okay. <laughs> I heard that one. Yeah. I haven't heard yeah. the, this last one though. Yeah. Oh shoot, I don't yeah. care. If you can't laugh at yourself. No, really. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> you're, you're in wrong have wrong hobby. Yeah. Grown, can't laugh grown. at yourself. Don't worry, everyone else is laughing at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. All right. Uh I think that's it. Before we do our outro, just want to give a huge shout out to Shannon for taking the time to come on our show and share. I mean, you know, you 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 spoke some truth there. I mean, like yeah. sharing what your margins are and stuff. Like most people will not do that. Like they don't want people to have insight into the you know to the business of you know their business and stuff. So I mean, it's a big man for you to come up and kind of talk about that stuff and and you know just kind of explain it to us folks that really don't have any idea. So. That's awesome. Well, we Thank appreciate you. the opportunity. Like I say, I, I enjoy going to the events and seeing guys and dealing mm-hmm. with folks and all that. So that's that's why we do this because we enjoy it, not because we're you know yeah making a billion dollars or anything. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. Always welcome. Whenever, whenever you want to talk about anything, just let us know. You know, you're more than welcome to come on the show if you have new products or maybe you know new things that are coming on the hobby you want to talk about definitely come on you know use us to promote some stuff it's okay yeah sounds good thank you absolutely all right so drop us an itunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode email us at free4rc at gmail.com like us on facebook facebook.com slash free4rc podcast check out our webpage free4rc podcast.show say hi to rybert hey chris uh, let's see what what do we have flight test forums off the field audio and video production other than flight test podcast free for podcast say hi to our good friend a fifth member of our crew david hill aka hello flyer hey dave hi david hill hey man all right fellow podcasters oh geez and the only order that will work for us we have the heli heads podcast that's um scott kevin and Mikey Mike Sobey. Mm-hmm. And Dan. And they had a baby. So congrats. Congrats, Dan. I don't think we yeah. said anything, right? No, no. The awesome. heads are multiplying. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Telerotor Podcast. Yeah, that's Mike and Rich and Mike and Robert. <laughs> Damn, man. Ever since you learned that <laughs> MRMR. Just... Took all the fun out of it. I know. <laughs> All right, the BKRC podcast. That's Bert and Kyle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. RC Roundtable. I almost said Bert and Kyle, and sometimes their guitars. Um, oh. RC Roundtable is uh, <laughs> Fitz, Terry, and Lee. Those guys have been doing a good job, man. Yeah, uh, I think Fitz was highlighted by AMA recently too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. High voltage with Bobby Watts. Wait a minute, Bobby Watts. The last couple episodes has had some insight into yes. FAA and listen to these and what yep. what how they're going to affect him and that's that's primarily where I heard about how DJI mm-hmm. is kind of already you know got mm-hmm. things in in works to just comply you know and how easy mm-hmm. it's going to be for them, which yeah. enraged me as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so take take a listen for sure. Yeah, and we have skids up. That's with uh, Frank Mordeos and his crew, which is Paul, Scott, and Javier. Is that right? Yeah, it's Paul and his crew, 
Paul and his Frank. Crew. Frank Scott. Frank Javier. Scott and Javier. I think Paul did all the work. I put I put someone in charge every other week. I, yeah, I change it up. That's cool. <laughs> uh, let's see. Inverted down under. That's what Ozzy Mozzy and Jeff. Mm-hmm. And we have the AMA podcast with Matt Ruddick. Yep. And make sure you check out the ultimate cooking channel of Bill Ann, too. And if you like helicopters, you can go check out Bill Ann YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, throw them a bone. We know you're going there to check out cooking. You know, I just know. Go watch a video on helis while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give us a try. What is it called? What do they say? These podcasters? I mean, not podcasters, these YouTubers. Subscribe, like, and hit the bell. Yes. Wow. You're a pro at or that. Subscribe. It came comment, right off. <laughs> comment and hit the bell. Yeah, something like no, that. No, I think it's I think he must have a secret YouTube channel. I know, know right? I do. I think he's. I think he's cheating on us. He's I very know. natural. He's moonlighting that. that uh, Were you making YouTube a YouTube video that? last Tuesday? You couldn't <laughs> do the show. I watch zero network television, like literally zero. I I only watch YouTube. It's because anything I watch, like what if it's somebody working on a Jeep or cars. It's so much better than two freaking idiots from Long Island working on a truck or something. What are you, 17 years old? No, it's so much better, dude. I guess I am 17. He is at heart. I don't, you know, Andy, how you're always saying, well, I hate the YouTube videos where they tell me for five minutes what they're going to do. Well, mm-hmm. watch trucks or something on one of on like that one network that does all the truck shit on Sunday yeah, Discovery morning. Discovery Channel or something. I ain't watching that. It's, it's, it's painful. Like, they're going to change the oil, and it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pull in here and change the oil, and somebody's got a stupid shirt on and making comments, and before they Why would even I watch get the, that? That sounds boring as hell. Yeah, before they even get started, they go to commercial, and then they come back, and uh, okay, we're going to remove the drain plug. And then go to commercial. And then go to commercial and come back. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the no. content's so much better on YouTube. Yeah, I don't have cable anymore. All I have is internet. I don't. Oh, jeez. Yeah, which was actually really weird for when Super Bowl was happening. I was like, "Oh, how am I supposed to watch Super Bowl?" <laughs> yeah. It's like, "Oh, but yeah, Fox Sports streamed it, so no, no worries." I didn't watch it anyways. Yeah, yeah, it was that was all right. I watch it for the commercials. That's all I care. About. What's a Super Bowl? <laughs> and dude, we're so PC nowadays. The commercials you can't make fun of anybody. So what's funny about the commercials? <sighs> yeah, the commercials are not as good as. I mean, last year sucked too. So I would say, you know, maybe five years ago when things were a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways, <laughs> see what a downer stream from Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Oh, we gotta stop, stop. talking about him. We gotta stop. Talk- Let me write that down. Stop talking about Bill Ann. Okay. <laughs> Next comment for next week. It brings the whole show. It brings the entire it brings, show down. It brings the entire oh. show to a screeching halt. Oh man! Well, I mean, Bill. Bill does say that you know he listens to our show to to go to sleep. So, yeah. So wake up, Bill. <laughs> Thanks to one of our listeners, Chuck. He uh, sent me some Synergy E7. Oh no, we did it. Did yeah. he? Get- Chuck oh, nice! Oh, yeah. Chuck Bow, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah, wouldn't uh, let I, me, wouldn't let me pay me shipping or anything. Just uh, really appreciate that, oh, Chuck. Man, oh, that's awesome, Chuck. Awesome, thanks. You're the man, Chuck. Yeah, man. Wow. All right. Well, thank you, Chuck. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you, guys. Fierce guys, yes, and we'll see you next time. Yes, sir.
See ya. Bye. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Wow, that's awesome, Chuck. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. He's, um, over to the right side as you go in i'm a joiner are you joined up thank you honey don't be standing around i'm not talking about you while you're here i'm gonna wait for you to go downstairs yeah i thought i thought she was gonna be on the show no i had to bring something out to her card she was finishing up work she works like crazy she just works during the day comes home cooks and then goes back to work and and she's got like boxes full of papers that she wanted me to bring out to her it car. Would, it would, it would be fun one night to get our spouses on your. Uh, oh my god! Or, or uh, <laughs> girlfriends. Oh man! You ever see any of those X Men movies where like Magneto flips trains over and shit like that? That's yeah, what George. It, exactly what it would be like. Get get wives and girlfriends on. Right. That'd be funny. Yeah. yeah. That's. Too loud? It's, I don't It'll think it's. Fine. I don't think it's too loud. I think. I mean, it's a tad me? loud, but I think it's fine. Who's too loud? What talking? <laughs> are, are you out of your mind? <laughs> That's possible. Yeah, we got to get her on the show, Steve. <laughs> I think so. I think next time Kevin can't make it, we'll just. I'm just gonna call Joanne. Tell us how you really feel about Kevin. <laughs> yeah. You guys didn't hear that, did you? Hear what? I got a few shots Talking in. Talking to me? I got a few oh. shots in before she <laughs> slapped me. <laughs> you know I'm recording on this end too, right? <laughs> Put ice on that. Sorry. So you're coming up with all these questions, so can I interpret this as this is like an interrogation? I mean, sure, <laughs> if you want. No. no. Is there going to be any, uh, like, waterboarding or anything like that? Well, I was going to say, well, let me <laughs> ask you, what's the difference between an interrogation and an interview? Uh, the degree of animosity, maybe? <laughs> How okay. tight you're strapped to the chair? You up, yeah, you can get up and leave an interview. Yeah. yeah. Did we stop waterboarding after the Bill episode? He couldn't take uh, it. And yeah, no. We swore, went too we, crazy. we swore we'd never do it again. Gotcha. That's what's yeah. wrong. I think we changed him forever from that. All right, so I got lazy and didn't do the wrap-up stuff earlier. Damn it, Steve. I know. Damn it, Steve. You know, I had to cook dinner and all this stuff. Andy! I did, I did make some killer steaks tonight for dinner. What? Was I supposed to cook his dinner? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, Kevin. I just yell out Andy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see here. I yell at Steve and Kevin yells at me and then Steve yells at Kevin. It's kind of... I think it's from one of the seasons on Hell's Kitchen. The guy's name was Andy. <laughs> <laughs>
And the mm. one guy used to yell at him all the time, Andy! <laughs> I think that's what it's from. <laughs> Andy, can you share that, that like thing? I can't see the thing. Well, I don't know why my phone turns into this weird mode. We're close to 1,981 likes. So close. I can't believe we have over 10, uh, 1,021 followers, though. So we're over 1,000 followers. So, Andy, while he's typing that in, I heard all you farmers are getting together having a little rally for Bloomberg. <laughs> Is that true? That's what I was told. That son of a bitch, dude. The first thing I thought was like, Andy's not stupid. He's one of the smartest guys I know, and he's a freaking farmer. I'm thinking... <laughs> Hey, Bloomberg, do you know how to freaking plant the tree? I don't think you do. <laughs> he doesn't. Don't want to do anything but money. He doesn't run the business about it. Kevin, you must not get out much if you think Andy's one of the smartest people you know. He does, he, huh? He is a smart guy. <laughs> Kevin has a very low standard. For and, I, <laughs> and I don't get out much. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Andy changed my whole perspective on Southern people. When I was a kid, I used to think, every time I heard that accent, I was like, oh, this guy's freaking full of shit. But now, after I met Andy, I'm like, dude, you blew it all to pieces. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, now he knows for the... No, yeah. no. Andy's such a good dude. Nah, not for sure. Okay. Now he knows he's a hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> you got two of them. No, now I'm like, well, okay. Now I'll ask, I'll actually listen, and then I'll think they're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, that definitely. No, Andy's a great guy, man. Andy comes out with little things like that he's done in the hobby, like he's got placement for something, and just the way you know, you pick up ideas from everybody, everybody you meet. You know, his his uh, trailer was set up really good and had. Uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes you learn what to do from people, and then other people you learn what not to what do. Not to do, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. 